Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That's how a party starts. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world Hi, famous smoking and toasting. Uh, welcome to show number 280. That's 280 for that those of you keeping track. to 300. Yes, sir. We are uh, proud to be there. Uh, welcome to the program. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars coming to you uh, every Thursday at uh, 1 p.m. And, of course, available on all the major podcast networks and all of that good, uh, good baloney. Um, welcome again to the show. We're going to talk about the best whiskey for beginners today. And of course, anytime we want to talk about whiskey on the show, it's always nice to be joined by our smoking and toast and resident whiskey expert, spirit entrepreneur, and good friend, Mr. Christopher Hart. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's been a while since no matter we've what that. anybody I, says, that guy's pretty awesome. I, <laughs> I, I swear to God, before we started filming, I thought, I just saw these guys like in January. <clears throat> and we went back and looked. No, it was like six months ago. Yes, it's been a while. So uh, it's been Man, too long, actually. Time so, flies. Way too so. long. And Chris, of course, is not only um, a spirit entrepreneur and an expert on whiskey, as he has been named by Texas Monthly Magazine, uh, but he is also uh, the host of his own show, which is quite good. And I just have to say, you're you're like killing it, man. You're knocking it out of the park. You get some of the most amazing guests to come on and just like talk with you and drink whiskey and rum and and it's it's pretty amazing. It's it feels weird. It feels yeah. fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had uh, Colin Hanks on this week. That's just and, so cool. Uh, I avo- I didn't. I I told myself I'm not going to bring up his dad. I'm yeah. not going to bring up his dad. And that was first thing you did. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's first thing he did. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I, I, I know seen that. The episode, so. uh, yeah, we just it just dropped today. It actually it, it's supposed to drop tomorrow, but we dropped it early because today. Uh, there, so there's this great film in uh, you know a couple decades back. I don't know if you ever heard of it called The Godfather. Oh, let me see. The, I think no, I mean the third one was awesome. I think that's in my Netflix queue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it uh, apparently the story behind the development of that film is actually quite incredible, and so they're coming out with a new miniseries on Paramount Plus. Yeah, that's about the making of it. Yes, right? it dropped yeah. today. It's yeah. called The Offer. Uh, the Offer. It's I mean uh, it's got a, a great cast full of. I mean Giovanna Ribisi is one of my all time favorite actors. He's awesome. Uh, and they just basically tell the story of how the film came to be. And um, Colin came on. We talked about uh, you know everything he's got going on. And he actually has a side business called Hank's Kerchiefs. Nice, nice pun. Handkerchiefs, yeah, yeah. right? And I and so we we started throwing out our own ideas for business names using <laughs> Tom Hanks's last like the the Hanks right, last right, name yeah. you know I thought of Thanksgiving right the that's charity good. right yeah, that's good uh, so yeah it, it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great time we have a we have a you know. Um, a weird lucky streak so far. Well, I I think you probably worked pretty hard to put all that stuff together. It would be my guess because there's there's very. I mean, we have a bit of luck here occasionally, but mostly it's like you really got to grind to uh, to put these things together. A lot of people don't realize that you know that it takes some planning and preparation to actually do this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was also telling you beforehand I'm, I could use a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Or this. a beer. So thanks for the Guinness. Well, yeah. <laughs> and a beer and a nap. A beer followed by a nap is always one of the better things, right? So, Book ended. Oh yeah, absolutely. By beer. It's good. Good to good to do. So, uh, so we want to talk about your spirits, about Gregarious Grump. We want to talk about what else is going on with you. I know that you uh, obviously are putting together another uh, whiskey social. Uh, the last time we spoke, you had talked about 
expanding that out maybe to other cities beyond Houston. Is that still something yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, my time might become a little bit more freer soon. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to uh, launch the Agave Social as well as um, uh, multiple cities. That is, that's, that's something I've been looking forward to. The it's something social. we've been wanting to do since, since day one. And it's just a matter of... Uh, feet on the ground mm -hmm. there's, there's mm -hmm. so much going on that it's hard to uh a lot of great ideas with no execution i understand that yep i understand that we call that the doug harris syndrome <laughs> no i'm sorry i didn't i didn't really mean that doug if you're uh, if you're watching or listening doug's just one of those guys that has so many great ideas so many ideas that, yeah. that it's it would be impossible to do them all and he's just like an idea machine. You need six of them. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. He had six of them. Sometimes you just throw out ideas to see which ones stick for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. And we do that here on the show, as a matter of fact. Sometimes sometimes <laughs> that's what we do at the beginning of the show, and sometimes it sticks, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes but not so much. It's my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it does happen. Well, we are going to talk about uh, whiskey today, of course, the best whiskey for beginners. We'll also uh, um, be telling you about an Ohio couple that's really serious about visiting craft breweries, and they've made a bit of a name for themselves. So we'll uh, so we'll tell you about those guys. We will also bring you, of course, our, our most popular segment, drinking news, and our drinking news teaser headline. If you want to give me a little, uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. give me a little, uh, uh, you know, te be, you think I'd be ready for that teaser right music? Now, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, sometimes diddle. I just spring it on you here. Our drinking news teaser headline: A wedding to remember. If you can, so we'll get to that coming up. Plus, Did you guys plan that, but that, that exact delivery, the the note followed by "if you can," like was that planned? Is well, that I was about to say a wedding to remember if you can, and then you started playing, so I just waited. I mean, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, the execution of the the radio voice. The, the, it's it's the, all about you're, timing. You're going to give him a big head. Stop that. Don't, I love <laughs> it. Uh, and with Chris as our guest today, we'll not only be sampling some spirits that he's brought along, but a few very, I think, very interesting beers from Martin House Brewing in Fort Worth, Texas. Those guys always put out interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. We'll be tasting their Congratulations. It's a sweet and sour cake ale. Nice. I don't even know what that means. but They do some weird stuff. That means 500 stuff calories, for <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. Uh, but they do some very interesting stuff at Martin House, so uh, this, I'm they, sure, will be You know, no they exception. started out making reasonably normal beers oh, yeah. at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Very and normal. And they just have gone over the top with Don't these they do Salty beers. Lady? That's, they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah they that's do a good pickle, beer. They've done pickles. They've done Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> they've, they've gone all over the map. All kinds of stuff. I, I, I struggle with the pickle beers. I really do. That just doesn't really... When I, uh, I, do I happened to be at the uh, brewery at one point in time. We at were Martin visiting, House? Yeah, we were visiting a friend of mine um, up in the uh, Fort Worth area, and then we went to visit uh, my wife's uh, cousin, who also lives in that area. We went to the brewery in between... And they had just a few beers at that point in time. They had their uh, 3 a.m. beer. Mm -hmm. They had uh, they had a beer called Oklahoma Sucks. I've I've had that beer. <laughs> right? and, and a few. And they had and the you have uh, to box, understand was living... it box sliders. Yeah, I think one of theirs. Right. Yeah, that, so they had they had those, but they didn't have like the breadth of beers that they have now. It's and you have to understand, crazy. living in Texas, the big rivalry between the University of Texas and uh, Oklahoma 
has gone on for years. So that's where the Oklahoma Sucks beer came from. <laughs> uh, I, I have no doubt they are uh, Longhorn alumni there. I mean, it's house. also just a factual statement that that state Well, sucks, there is that, so. yes. I, I've lived there, so I can speak to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. I, I lived in Oklahoma City, and I will tell you, I've never seen a city that wanted to be Dallas so bad in my entire life. They, they just have Dallas envy there. And wow. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. That's a weird statement in Houston. It really Dallas, is. It I'm really. Sure. And I felt like telling them, you know, there's more than just Dallas. Well, no, I mean, just the idea that uh, you could, as a city, aspire to to just be a, a large shithole in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. So yes. I mean, I mean, imagine wanting to be that bad. <laughs> From uh, Middletown, New York, and Equilibrium Brewery, we will be trying their Mass X Acceleration, which sounds like a video game. Uh, uh, but it is a double IPA, and we'll be trying that on the show today. And then from Hubbard's Cave, we've had Hubbard's Cave Brewing uh, products on the program before, but it's been a while. We'll be uh, tasting their chocolate-covered strawberries. It's an imperial stout. That so, sounds awesome. And all I know is on the can it just has strawberries, you know, like an outline of sounds strawberries. Sounds good. So, I'm in for sure. So, yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll be trying some spirits as well. I can see the tops of the bottles from here, so we'll we'll get to those things as we continue as well. So. Well, I, I think Alan didn't. Alan bring one of our cognacs. Which he one did, did he bring? He did. He brought. Well, he brought two. Actually, he brought. Was it the thirty? Oh, he brought he, the thirty. And and then the one that was with the uh, was it twelve? We've what got was, a ten, twelve, and fourteen, a twenty-one, and a thirty. Now reached the part of the show where we talk about the one show that I missed recently. Yes, yes. Okay, that was so when, then I'll, I'll leave it back out. There. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, you no. haven't had the thirty-year-old cognac. And yet, and right. I have had it, and I would love to have it again. Okay, we've <laughs> got it because it was just nothing short of fantastic. What I said at the time was that this kind of rings in for me at the same level as the spirits that I hold in great reverence. For me, that's uh, that's the um, uh, Jose Cuervo, Reserva de la Familia tequila, and that rum from... Um, the Florida Cana. Uh, Florida Cana, yeah, the Florida Cana 25. 25. I mean, those, those are ones that, you know, you just, you kind of... You kind of covet. You yeah, relish you them really on yourself. You really kind of set them away. It's, you only do them on it's special It's almost occasions. as fun just to know you have them. That's exactly right. right. And, like, I don't have either right now. I'm out of both. <laughs> and and we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. One of my favorite sort of lesser priced, almost at that stage for me, on the tequila side has been the Skelly Añejo. And I think the first bottle of Skelly that I bought was around $38. Yeah. It's a hundred dollars now. Yeah, I, that's I, I'm, I mean it's good. Did they do anything different? No. See that's no. The, that's it's the just crazy that's part. just how much it has escalated. Although I brought that uh, Macambo and you really enjoyed that. That was good. Yes, that was really good. You, and you got that as a gift, so you don't know how I much did, that was. I did, but I yeah. think it I think it comes in at like thirty five or forty dollars. Oh, I don't man, think that's it's, a that's a steal. Yeah, I, you guys, uh, my friends over at Mexcore, our distributor, would be very happy to hear you guys. You guys are just naming off products that the same dist- distributor distributes. Really? Uh, yeah. See, I didn't realize that. So. Yeah, the Skelly I saw. You're the one that showed it to me the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but it. In, in the defense of all spirits costs right now, I don't think anyone realizes the bubble we're about to hit. Yeah. Because pricing has gone so substantially through the roof. Just to give you an example, uh, last year in, in May, June, we bought 300 barrels of six-year-old rye, this product, mm-hmm. for $2,700 a barrel, which equates to after you packaging, label, boxes, everything. $60 on the shelf. The same source sent me a list of available barrels 
this week, and barrels that were seven months old were more expensive than what we paid for those six years last Ooh, year. Wow. So you're about to see a massive uptick in pricing across the board of all spirits, not because of secondary. I think it has to do with the investment firms. There's a ton of investment people who get together and you buy, you know, it may cost $600 to fill a barrel. And if you buy $60,000 of those barrels, in three years, those barrels are worth three, well, now they're probably worth close to four or five K. Okay. So all you, regardless of what's left in the barrel, which means your $60,000 investment's worth half a million in three years, no matter what's inside the barrel. So this really reminds me, though. I need to get me one of those $60,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be a yeah. good idea, wouldn't it? What, what frightens me about this is I saw, you know, because my background um, for years was broadcast radio. No. And I did, you know, broadcast radio from the time I was about 17 years old all the way through until about 15 years ago. And I watched as this awesome industry that used to be really amazing, really fun, and to the point uh, where people would... Somewhat respectable, even. Yeah, yeah. And, and even to the point where people would identify themselves sometimes by what their favorite radio station was. Right. You know, Particularly if you, if you were in a city with like two rock stations, which one you preferred sure. said something about you, as an example. Uh, but I watched as the investment firms... And the bankers and the big companies started buying up radio. Ripping it and apart. They, and they ruined it. They really yeah. did. I mean, there's a reason that everything is so stale, and every time they go to a block of commercials, it's 15 commercials long. Yeah. That's all a direct result over time of what those investment companies did. And I feel like it's just as dangerous a thing to see them moving into the spirit world. Sure. So how... Will consumers, re will they pay that money? I mean, I had to say, I was thinking about buying a bottle of Skelly, and when I saw the price, I did not. I went and bought something else. And yeah. and I'm not saying it isn't worth it. I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. Well, I think I think that we are going to see the, burble, the bubble finally burst. Okay, so and, what happens then? Okay, so we as Americans, we're not going to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not an I option. I think they know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what will happen is, is I think we will see a trend of people moving into different spirits that aren't as expensive. Mm -hmm. And then those spirits will get crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, and eventually, it's kind of like RTDs. Mm -hmm. RTDs were all the rage. Every quarter last year, we were seeing a massive uptick of above and beyond any projection of canned beverages. Mm -hmm. Canned, canned spritzers, seltzers, whatever the case right, yeah. Be. yeah, yeah. And, and then, in like, third quarter last year, all of a sudden, it, it was flat. And everyone panicked mm -hmm. and got out of it. Uh, so you, what will happen is, is you're going to see a lot of small brands just go away. They're just going to go away. And then eventually, these brokers, the people that are selling it versus crazy high dollar amounts, they're going to have to drop the pricing. It's like, it's mm -hmm. like a commodity. It's going right. to have to drop in order for the, the industry to survive. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is, is brokers are just going to have a, you're gonna have a glut. They're buying up all this two- and three-year-old liquid from big distilleries that have excess, listing it for crazy prices. No one's going to buy it, and then it's got to drop. But in the meantime, Americans will probably move on to something else. The tequila boom, we're in it now. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times, a little secret, uh, a lot of the tequilas you see on the shelf, 
the selling point is the crazy bottle. Right. It's the, the liquid decorative inside bottle. is right. garbage. Or it's the same as 20 other things on the shelf. That was the whole reason right. I didn't buy Skelly for a long time is because it, yeah, it, it, it comes in that kind of goofy skeleton-looking bottle with the sombrero. And I thought, oh, that that can't be good. There's no way. It's just about it's the like bottle. It's like when you put it Turns in, a, out it was, in a crystal but, skull. It's just probably not going to be. Yeah. yeah. I, can, I can pretty much tell you that's not. <laughs> you know, but The whiskey world has uh, been warning people to stay away from over-the-top bottles. Mm-hmm. But tequila's there's something exotic about it. Yeah. You yeah. walk in, you, I mean, I, I, Specs even has a sombrero, a, a glass sombrero mm-hmm. full of tequila. Well, right. That's easy to Right next out. to a <laughs> penis-shaped bottle of tequila. Oh wow! Uh, all the same company. They'll put it in any shape. They'll put it in any bottle you want. Well, is it better to drink from the bottle or from the glass when it comes to that one? I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, the, the top of the glass or the <laughs> the base of the glass. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys run with yeah, that one. No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you mentioned, you know, what happened with seltzers. Like, it was the hottest thing until it wasn't. I very succinctly predicted that, and it's because I'm old enough to remember. Um, Zima? Zima. And when I had my first, you know, seltzer, that's exactly what it took me back to, was that it's something about that that kind of artificial sweetener uh, aftertaste or that, that a lot of seltzers Or Smirnoff Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah or I mean, Smirnoff Ice. Right. the exact same thing. Reminded me of Zima, and I remember... From back in what would have been the early 90s, I guess, when Zima uh, debuted. Put the Jolly Rancher in it? I was at a, um, every Saturday night I was spinning at a nightclub and hosting a live broadcast at a nightclub in St. Louis, Missouri. And I remember over the course of like two weeks, you'd look out across the club and instead of everybody holding cocktails and beers... Everybody was holding a Zima. It's like that it stuff became, was so overcarbonated too. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. But what was interesting is that a, a number of months later, just as quickly as it had taken over, it, it disappeared. Yeah. It just boom. Like when it when it died, it died hard. And I don't even know if you can get as can you even get as they re released yeah. it what just a couple years ago, yeah. and then it, it it was a flash in the pan again. Yeah. I think it was like oh it's Zima, and then everyone tasted it and was like oh it's Zima. All I know is whenever I you know I have like people over to the house or whatever, and I always get a few seltzers for the people I think that might not want spirits or beer, or wine or whatever. And they usually just sit in the bottom of my beer refrigerator, and then I start begrudging them the space that they're taking up. <laughs> but like, then, but then you end up with with uh, gently aged seltzers. Well, there right? you go. That that could be a thing, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of them out there. I think you know, the '90s we had gin. Gin was all the rage in the 2000s, and thanks to Sex in the City, vodka became all the rage. A thing, yes. uh, and then you came out with 47,000 different flavors of vodka, mm-hmm. including one called Ivanovich that's tobacco flavored, which was by far the dumbest thing that's happened in spirits <laughs> in three decades. And well, you got the woman married Donald Trump at one point. You I, know, you got to, <clears throat> I, I, you know, yeah. But no one in their right mind is drinking vodka that tastes like an ashtray. Yeah, tobacco flavored vodka is the worst decision that's ever been made. So. Uh, <laughs> And I'll tell you right now, it actually killed the brand almost. Really? It used to be a brand that was doing something like 60,000 or 100,000 cases a year. I think now they're down to 20, and it was with the release of the tobacco, of the tobacco flavor. flavor. Yeah. It just uh, killed it. So, I, 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 How did that get across the board? Yeah, you, you, you know, have to like wonder. Somebody was like, tobacco, that's the flavor we need. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, we, we get into an era where you think flavors are all the rage, and you start with the easies, cherries, limes, grapes. Uh, there's a donut flavored <laughs> what, one out there. What then you will start getting set weird. us aside? I've actually Whip had cream. a I've actually had a marshmallow flavored yeah. vodka. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. A little sweet for me. A little oily and greasy, and your yeah. mouth feels weird. And so, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting to watch, and I, and I think that uh, you're right about things kind of coming in in phases. I mean, remember, like California Red Wine took off after that uh, Paul Giamatti movie yeah. was Sideways. Is that what the, the movie was called? What was the movie where With he wine? Put the what, wine? The guy? way yeah. that he brought uh, he killed the Merlot. Yeah, market. right, right. It was, so it's interesting to see how things shift and stuff. But but the idea of all these prices going up so dramatically. Uh, uh, is uh, Liliana funny. says on here you'll be shocked about the prices of mezcal when I'm in there next week. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. And that's wow. another thing. And I, I've talked because mezcal to, used to be really affordable. Well, and I I'll, I'll tell you who I think's the, at fault at that. I don't think it's the producers. I think it's the importers and the distributors. Um, I have a, uh, a a prediction that I think will be the next controvert not the next, but it will be a controversy at some point with the way that Mexican spirits are treated. On the consumer side, everyone wants to give the due respect at the craft of making mezcal and sotol. Uh, there, it, there's a lot of effort, a lot of heritage. These plants are really old. A lot of them are, you know, they're uh, people go out there and, and cut them. It, it's 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 such a process that it should be an expensive premium product, but it shouldn't be over a hundred bucks. Right. And I talked to a few mezcal sotol producers and I'm trying to figure out where, where the disconnect is. Why are we seeing, uh, you know, 150, 130, $200 mezcals and sotols never touch a barrel. And it turns out it's not, the, the money's not going to the producer. It's the importer and the and the distributor. And the, so just to give, like, rough estimates, right? So if I make something and this costs me $10 to make, I'm going to add 30% on it and sell it to a distributor. So I make 30%. Right. Uh, distributor, after taxes and laid-in shipping costs and all the stuff that goes into shipping products, they're going to add 30 35%. We tracked down a couple of products. I talked to the same producer because I wanted to do uh, a Satol for Gregarious, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be mindful you got to be very careful about doing a spirit that's that's not your own so we wanted to feature the producer feature the mescalero fully transparent and we asked them pricing and to buy directly from them not a broker and use you know co-brand with them to make to showcase (coughs) their talent and their work and it was nothing like the, the so it was very affordable. Yeah, the pricing was was we were able to put on the shelf at seventy bucks, what another producer who buys from the exact same mescalero or sotolero, uh, it's one hundred and fifty. So you're thinking it's these uh, it's the middlemen who are marking it up, yes. right? And so I asked him. I said, <coughs> well, "What's your FOB? What are you selling to these people?" Uh, he even gave me. I'm not going to put the distributor on blast or anything, but there's one in Texas that uh, a small one that's taking 65 percent. Hmm. And because because what, they can. Because well, I I don't know what the the reasoning for it is. I just know that what's happening is. Your, your distributors are training their sales reps, uh, showing them pictures of the, the fields, showing them pictures of the process, sometimes sending them down there to, to take a look at the, the equipment and, and to be a part of the experience. And then those people are going into bars and, and doing classes and sales. Teaching sale, people, right. Teaching people about how you should honor, you should respect it, it, the premiumization, blah, blah, blah. That's like basically me saying, I'm going to start a charity for, for injured dogs, and I'm going to show you pictures of injured dogs, and I'm going to play in your heartstrings, and I'm going to send ten cents on the dollar back to the those injured dogs. <laughs> That's what's happening in, right. in Mexican spirits, uh, and it happened with uh, it's happened with French spirits too. We had a, an Armagnac that we were going to do for the Houston Bourbon Society for a hundred bucks, 
and they ended up getting an importer and that importer and the distributor in Texas, by the time it, we, when we picked it, we were told it was going to be a hundred bucks by our chain of the, the chain, the retailer, everything. By the time they got, between the time we picked it and the time it got here, they had an importer, a, a, a designated importer and their distrib it was $200. Wow. It had doubled in price from what we were told when we first initially bought it. So, so what you're saying is it's kind of like Sarah McLachlan getting the donations for the animals with, with that like commercial on TV that yeah. makes you cry. And then pocketing 90%. <laughs> so only sending 10% to the animals, right? And, and, I, and I think that's a little shitty. We found out that we could we could pay the uh, – so the the uh, my business partner is Hispanic. And he's like, we can do a Satole, but uh, – the fact that you're involved, they're going to charge you a white tax. And I said, that's fine. <laughs> we did the numbers. We could pay the Sotolero directly twice what they were charging and still mm -hmm. be on the shelf cheaper than the nearest competitor. Wow. 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 That's and, interesting. And I, I, I don't understand everyone's greedy right now. So you guys, the consumers, you, you guys are the ones. We're paying for it. That are paying for it. Absolutely. And it's going to hit a breaking point. It's not sustainable to pay 100 bucks for six-month-old booze. I agree. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll find out what you smoked this week and uh, how it went over. And uh, we'll talk a little bit of whiskey, especially whiskey for beginners. We'll see what Chris thinks of the uh, experts list that we have to share. This is Smoking and Toasting, show number 280. <laughs> I didn't understand Brian's reference. We're in the spring bad financial <laughs> news. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, fine overpriced spirits, and uh, and hand rolled cigars. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of hand rolled cigars, you know, I usually ask you this in the first segment, but uh, uh, you know, we got on a pretty interesting topic there. So let me ask you now: Have you had the opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week? I did. I uh, I sat out on my uh, patio today, this morning, and had a cigar. Cigars aren't just for breakfast. Anymore. No, no, not at all. They're they're good all the time. But I had one right after breakfast this morning. It was pretty nice with my smoking partner Attila. You'll see a picture of her shortly. Oh, okay, good. Welcome, Attila. It's it's cat. <laughs> she she comes out and hangs out with me. I uh, picked up I picked it up a couple weeks ago, but I picked up a punch uh, Fu Manchu. Oh, this is part of their series that they release every year for Chinese New Year. So mm -hmm. they've had a few of them, but this is the punch Fu Manchu six by fifty. Uh, the appearance on this is pretty interesting. It's gently box pressed, smooth and a bit oily, firm overall feel. Ruddy brown wrapper, Habano. I forgot to write what the all the uh, tobaccos in there was. I think it's Habano wrapper on it. Um, and uh, and the top section has a lighter bit of wrapper. It's like the top twenty percent by the cap has a bit of a lighter colored wrapper on it. Um, uh, it has a long uh, pigtail that goes under the wrapper as well. It's kind of interesting. Uh, almost half the length of the cigar. The wrapper has a uh, fortune printed on the back of it. Oh, just like a fortune cookie. And yeah, it'll be on the picture. Makes sense. The pigtail's the reference to the Fu Manchu, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, the uh, pre light sniff on this, I got rich earth and nutty uh, notes with mocha, barnyard, and a little light pepper on that. The pre light draw. I used a clip, it had a light draw to it, uh, sweet, creamy mocha, underlying nuttiness, and a light pepper. Pretty pleasant overall. The uh, initial light on this, I got tangy leather with uh, with pepper and strong mocha flavors and sweetness uh, with a spicy aftertaste. The retrohale was cedar, mocha, and cinnamon. Mm. A little bit spicy. Very nice. Nice. Yeah, the first third of this, mocha and sweetness in abundance. Not mocha sweetness, 
mocha and but mocha and just sweetness. kind of an unidentifiable sweetness was uh, kind of this interesting uh, thing. It, uh, they were sweetness, mocha and sweet side by side, cedar and leather layers behind, followed by a cinnamon and white pepper spiciness. Underlying nuttiness remained throughout. Retro hail was cedar, mocha, and cinnamon with a kiss of pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. The uh, second third of this, this should be about when uh, Attila was sitting on my table and you're probably seeing pictures of her. <laughs> That's my cat, Attila. She likes cigars? Yes. Well, no, she likes to hang out whenever I'm okay. out there. So, you know. okay. She's obnoxious, too. She like like you pick her up off the table, put her on the ground, she's back on the table. It's just over <laughs> and over, so you just give up after a while. She, she, she beats you down through attrition. And then you have to pet her. So uh, the second third of this, uh, full thick smoke, woody notes move from cedar to oaky dryness. Uh, mocha and uh, nutty flavors remain strong. Sweetness remains strong, yet undefinable. Unidentifiable? Undefinable? Either way. I think I made that word up, maybe. I don't know. Unidentifiable? Oh. It's 2022. It can identify <laughs> however it like. Yeah, <laughs> Close right. enough, right? <laughs> Complex bouquet of flavors, including leather, earth, barnyard, salt, maple syrup, bitter fruit, retrohale is oak, toast, mocha, and pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. Mm. The last third of the cigar, nutty and woody notes complement the mocha and sweetness. Uh, leather and maple syrup follows and is uh, in turn followed by earth, toast, cinnamon, and light pepper. Pleasant citrus develops here and adds a bit of intensity to overall strength, which is mildly medium. Mm, mildly medium. Mildly medium. So that's like a medium minus, I would think. But okay. I thought mildly medium was much more that's, fun to say. That sounds fun, yes. So just my little play on words there. Retrohales, oak, mocha, and citrus with cinnamon and mild pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. If you were a person wanting to step from a mild cigar into something medium that has a lot of complexity but also isn't uh, isn't so strong that you uh, are, yeah. are afraid to step into it, this is a great cigar for you. This cigar costs $6-ish. I give it a 6. It's fantastic. Nice. It stands nice. up there with all the... Uh, all the classic uh, in that six to eight dollar price range. Uh, all the AJ Fernandez blends and things like those well, and, and those. And Punch is it really is Punch good. is just a really solid uh, old school brand. Yeah, they tend to fly under my radar a little bit just because they're so ubiquitous. So I, I end up looking for other stuff, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times. But every once in a while, I pick up a Punch, and I'm always 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 very happy with it. Nice. So yeah, I will uh, I will put that on my list to get. That sounds good. Uh, I had something interesting this week. I uh, smoked a La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor Bellicoso. And nice. it's a, a, a kind of a short uh, torpedo, basically. Uh, a really nice-looking cigar, a medium to dark brown wrapper, and a nice blue band. It, you, the band, I think, changed colors. It used to be more yellowish. I think they changed the packaging on it a little bit. But a nice blue band in this. Uh, it was a loosely box-pressed short torpedo, uh, and it was rolled for Ashton in the My Father Cigar Factory in Nicaragua. So right away, expectations are pretty high, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this cigar has also been on Cigar Aficionado's year-end best-of list twice in 2016, and then before that, in 2011, it was the number two cigar of the year. Wow. So, so I'm entering with high expectations, right? Yes. right? This is uh, this is going to be good. Uh, rich, earthy tobacco and some tea leaf on the pre-light. I used cigar scissors to clip the tip, and I uh, checked the draw. Woody and earthy tobacco notes, not quite as full of a draw as I usually like. But sometimes you light it, and it's okay. Like You can, you can tell from the pre-light if it's nice and free. And sometimes it's a little less so, but once you light it, it smokes great anyway. Right, right. And, and so that is what I was hoping. Uh, it did light quite easily, and, um, you know, I was, again, not crazy about the tightness of the draw. 
I got a sweetness, some earth and leather with an underlying pepper note. But the Mia Moore was really making me work for it. Uh, oh, it was wow. it was a little tougher draw. It's distracting uh, when the draw is, is, yes. is a little too tight. So I decided to clip it again because this is a torpedo. So right. sometimes you clip a little further in, yeah. opening up more area. Uh, it'll help. So I clipped it again, hoping to improve the draw. And it did help a little bit. I tried kind of rolling it between my fingers, applying pressure. I always am concerned I'll crack the wrapper right, when I do a, that. That's so, a scary one. You know, it's, it's, it's a you know a little tentative, uh, so important to be careful. Construction seemed excellent at the foot of the cigar, <laughs> which burned almost perfectly. But I was still struggling with the draw, and the Mia Moore started now to burn a little hot from my extra effort trying to pull uh. Uh, stuff through it. And... Um, it kind of brought a harsh note to the palate, which really kind of messed things up. Not good. About an inch in, I decided to decided to clip it a second time, effectively making it no longer a torpedo. Right. It was it was looked just like just, a slightly box pressed yeah. uh, cigar. Uh, this did help a little more with the draw, but the harshness was still there. So I decided to let it sit for a couple minutes, uh, and then when I came back, it was still lit, which was good. And so I'm now into the second third. The draw's a little bit better, but still not as good as I'd hoped. The harshness subsided for the most part, and I was able to detect a nice uh, roasted nut aroma with leather and coffee bean. Burn got a little funky. Uh, I assume that's probably from when I stopped smoking it for a couple of minutes. So I touched it up once, which seemed to do the trick. And the burn improved, but I'm going to be honest, it was still too tight of a draw. Did you try uh, using a poke down the middle of it? I ordinarily do, but I was in the car and I didn't have one. Oh, gotcha. So if I had been at home, I have uh, uh, something that I normally use for that. And I you would, have those little foldy scissors that have the poke. Yeah, on. but it's only about that long, oh, so it'll, gotcha. it won't open up much. Uh, so, uh, again, I had to be careful not to oversmoke this and make it harsh again. Uh, the most frustrating thing about all this was that the Mia Moore had some really nice flavors happening, uh, but I couldn't enjoy them as much as I wanted to because of having to smoke it so carefully. By the last third, it finally opened up a little better. The woody note uh, ha had uh, dominated uh, in the final third, uh, but it was the sweet the sweetness was gone, which I think may have had something to do with it having been harsh for a little while. Right. Uh, I really wanted to like the Mia Morbellicosa more. I had higher expectations because of how well it had been rated, the fact that it was uh, out of the My Father factory. These are all good signs. I suspect that the draw issue was probably most likely just limited to this particular cigar. I right. don't, I, in fact, I, I went on my iPad on the internet and looked around to see if I could find any reviews that other people had done that talked about it being, you know, uh, too tight of a draw. And I didn't find anything. So I'm, I'm hoping, thinking that this was an isolated issue. Uh, it's about a $9 cigar. And I'm going to have to give the one I smoked today a three Ouch. on price to quality. It just, it just, there's no reason a cigar with that good of tobacco should get as harsh right. as that one got for so much of it. And in smoking, it was more of a chore than a pleasure. Uh, having said that, and given that I didn't see any other complaints about it online, I will still give it a recommendation, just, you know, maybe With a qualified one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I will uh, definitely buy another one of these and try it. And hopefully the results will be uh, better the next time. Because I like the brand, La Aroma de Cuba. Yeah. I like it really almost everything I've ever smoked out of the My Father uh, Cigar Factory has been terrific. So, yeah, you know what? Sometimes you just kind of get a dud. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a handmade product here. Mm -hmm. And. and 
even though the the quality control is really high, especially on Aroma de Cuba and, and companies right. like that, I think occasionally, once in a while, you're just going to get one that... You certainly couldn't have told by looking at that cigar that it was not going to draw... I mean, it was beautiful. The tobacco looked right. It didn't look uneven. Everything everything looked good. But like, like I say, sometimes it just happens. Ian, I'm going to pass you a can of sweet and sour cake. It's called Congratulations, and it's from Martin House Brewing. And I'm really anxious to taste this because I, I think <laughs> it's it. Just, uh, uh, I, I'm. I don't really know what to expect. It's just got a yeah, it's just a big old birthday cake on there. Birthday cake on there, mm-hmm. and it has sprinkles. And so, yes. so if it has sprinkles, it has to be good. Enjoy right? the sweet and sour cake. Eight percent is, uh, and then it's yeah, I thought that was interesting. That, that it seemed. What color you think uh, that beer is? Uh, what color? It's going to be uh, straw color. Yeah, that would be my guess. Think so? Kind of a light so. yellow. Are you Something thinking it'll be a deeper it. color? Maybe Makes a ruddy yellow, of... almost. What's that? Does it say what it is on the can? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Let's say what what is. What it is? It's a sweet and Just sour ale. Sweet, sweet and sour. Yeah. So so probably light. I think yeah. you're right. It's gonna be. A, for some uh, reason, I was imagining a, a stout. Right. No, I'm thinking kind of a ruddy straw color. Yeah, I think I think probably lighter too. Nice, nicely a, done, sir. Not a ton of uh, Ooh. carbonation yes. on there. Can you smell it already? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> now, how are you about sours? I can't remember if you like them or not. Uh, I mean, I'll drink them. I, I've I've not been blown away by one in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, really tart sours that taste like ketchup? Nah, I, I'm good. <laughs> Nobody really wants a ketchup flavored beer. Six around? Is that what's going on? Here? Uh, I think so. Yes. <laughs> Got to be conservative with the pour. Then here, I'll I'll even some of these out. Oh my god. Smells like <laughs> reminds me of a skate. You remember skating? Oh rinks? my gosh, skating rink! Really? Yeah, skating rink cake. You don't yeah. never had it. Went to a birthday party at a skating, at a skating rink. rink? Uh, Nineteen ninety one. Oh man, pictures of Jonathan Taylor what? Thomas on the wall. This, like if you just put this <laughs> to my nose, I would say it just smells like cake. Yeah, it really does. Like like, like I don't almost, even detect beer. In fact, I can even picture it. Just it smells it, like the batter when you walk in and someone's making the cake. I can even picture it being just like it's on the can a, a white. Cake yep. with white icing with like sprinkles. A white sheet cake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 is cake galore with mm. some sour in there for sure. Mm. I don't hate it. I don't oh, hate I it. I like it. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's interesting. Like the smell. It's you know not what's funny too is usually, sour. Which usually I when you have something sour, you can you can note the sour on your on your nose. But I I don't get that. It's just the. I'm wondering, and I don't know enough about the art of of brewing to be able to. To guess on this, but I'm wondering, did this happen as a happy accident? They were trying to do some things, and this is what they came up with, and they were like, "Wow, that's like a, kind of a sweet and sour cake." Or were they going for that from the beginning? There's no way this is an accident. The, the, no, with that no amount of cake is walking around with some cake as he walks past the fermenter and just <laughs> drops you dropped a, your cake in my beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, guaranteed. What happened is they sat down one day and they said, "Well, you know what? What are some big cultural iconic like flavors? Yeah, things that things." The that question is the question is the sour. The choice for the sour in there. Why well, super think, tart? I so, can only imagine that this had to be so incredibly sweet. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, it was just probably the so sweet it. that it was overwhelming. That it was just so cake they, batter at that they point. Went, they went sour to make it uh, more palatable, I think. I can only imagine what the filtration process was like during this. I don't want a six-pack of this, but it would be really fun to open up and share with some friends. I would drink two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm for it. That's a fun one. Cake. What a fun idea. Yeah. 
That I I was really surprised by it when I saw it. And it did not disappoint. It's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. So yeah, that that would be that my, would be the my best cup review. Just smells like cake. That would be the best review I could give you. If you see what's on the can, it's exactly what it looks. Also, like. Also, if you're looking for beer, mm-hmm. it's not quite that, but it is delicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, <coughs> and it's eight percent. I mean, yeah. it is a beer. Eight percent. Yeah, eight percent. Yeah, two of those you'd be feeling real good. That's that's pretty big. I will say this: sometimes when you're at a party and somebody serves the cake and it's that white cake with the white icing and the sprinkles, sometimes that is so sweet that you only eat like a couple of a bites. A bite. couple bites. Yeah. 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 No, nobody. I mean, who the? I mean, no. Per, no adult I know eats that cake anymore. Like so it makes your teeth hurt before the fork even gets to your face. Yeah. So with this though, <laughs> I could actually have a little more, which is. Different from the actual cake itself. I'm I interested think it's the to see what it does it. when it actually gets a little more room temperature. I almost don't want to know. I'm interested. Is it going to be think more it, sour or more sweet? I think I, it has to be as cold as not, it is. Let's not uh, skirt with danger. Temp like, fate? Yeah, yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Let's make it hot and see what I'm, it does. No, I'm going to fly into the danger zone. We're going to do this a little later in the show. All right. It's your, uh, your palate. <laughs> um, I want to uh, recognize... A couple from Ohio. Uh, And before I do, I will say I I love visiting craft breweries. I bet bet in my lifetime I've visited maybe between a dozen and two dozen. Uh, Not that many. I bet it's higher. Not that many. I I don't think it's more than two dozen that that I've been to. Ian, you probably do it more than me. How many craft breweries would you say you have visited? Um... Probably between twenty and thirty. Yeah, that seems about right. I, I don't, low. It, it hasn't been real crazy. Um, I mean, there's twenty or thirty in Houston. Right. True, but I haven't been to all of them. Right, and it also depends what counts as a craft brewery. Like, does a does something that's like uh, there was one in Boston where it really was a restaurant, but they brewed beer on oh, yeah, like, site. Like PJ's, yeah, or one yeah. of those. PJ's. Yeah, or, yeah. or like uh, if you go to PJ's. PJ's. BJ's. 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 I, I, I said BJ's initially. Well, he said TJ's. No, no, BJ's. He, he just likes saying BJ's, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't jump at the opportunity to say the word BJ's. <laughs> BJ's but you said TJ. BJ's, I think, was uh, uh, they had they had contracted their, their beer through St. Arnold, I believe. Uh, well, that's because that's they right. got to a size that they couldn't do it themselves. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. The, the demand was so high, they were burning through their all their beer on Saturday. Wow. wow. So that's they pretty good. they started contracting through St. Arnold's. Gotcha. To, I know, they're actually suing us right now. I know. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I say us. Go. Wait, wait, wait. wait. St. Arnold's or BJ's? Uh, BJ's. Oh, okay. BJ's is a restaurant, uh, and we have a vodka called BJ Hooker's. They want to get into the spirit space, and so they're they're not oh. happy with our brand BJ's BJ Hookers. Did they have a brand before you had your nope. brand? So they don't have a whole lot of legs. To nope. Stand no, yeah, that's not going to go anywhere. That's just going to get them some publicity, is all that'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention uh, on the West Coast when I lived uh, further west, uh, there's a company that does those restaurant slash breweries called Gordon Biersch. Yeah, yeah, and their beer's not bad. Yeah. You know, I think there's some on the East Coast too, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they're I think bigger on the West Coast. I have not seen them here in Texas. I've seen it in, uh, in Vegas. In Vegas, yeah, yeah they yeah, have them in Vegas. So I've been to those. So you would say I've been to maybe a dozen, two dozen. You'd say maybe thirty tops. What about you? I I feel like you guys are because you live my dream life, right? Smoke cigars <laughs> for breakfast. Your cat just looks cute. <laughs> uh, I I'm willing to bet that if we were to sit here and start naming Houston breweries, you'd hit two dozen immediately. Uh, I would I would say I've I've 
I mean, I've, I've of course, St. Arnold's is no longer craft, right? They're, they've gotten the size. Oh that no, they're, they're craft. They're they're uh, considered a mid-sized craft brewery. Okay. So yeah, St. Arnold's, uh, but Spetzel's definitely not right. They're they're definitely over the size capacity. Well, uh, again, Shiners. it depends. It depends how you how you uh, define it. I would I would say they are craft. I, to I me, Boston Beer Company's still craft. Shiner's still craft. It's, what's, what's the one that you guys uh, have a good relationship with? Uh, they do Buckle Bunny. Uh, Eureka, Eureka Heights. Heights. Eureka, yeah, yeah Eureka. Yeah. Uh, uh, Buffalo Bayou Brewing. Uh, I haven't Ingenious. been to Buffalo Bayou. I've been an ingenious. Ingenious. I mean, uh, I, I could. I'm telling you. I bet if we sit down, Brash, the cigar, Brash, um, Platypus, Spindle Tap, yeah. Platypus, Baba. Have you been to Baba? What's the one uh-huh. in Conroe in the woods? Oh, Haven't I don't there. think I've been there. No, there's there's a. We a, gotta a, go. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I've been to. Uh, uh, what's the one that? Uh, there's Copperhead. Yellow there's, Rose Distilling. Yellow Rose is great. Oh yes. Uh, not distilling. Uh, uh, the, not the, the distillery. No, the not beer. Backview, uh, but Backview Lone is definitely Pine. one. Lone Pine. Thanks. Yes. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, Lone Pine. I mean, you guys are at a dozen now. But no, but I don't like think eight. it goes much further. I'm not good at counting. Well, Kevin and Maria Glass from Cleveland, Ohio, have um, taken this on as something of a hobby. They have sipped suds. At 336 different craft breweries. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's How long have they been together? Uh, I, I don't know. It doesn't say. Never in my wildest dreams thought I'd go to this many breweries, said Glass. He and his wife are sports fans, and they're very competitive, and they live right across the street from Saucy Brew Works in Cleveland's Ohio City neighborhood. But, of course, that's only one. Um, they just uh, decided... To visit all 30-plus breweries in Cleveland, and that's how they got started on the whole thing. So. Hobbies with the wife is, like, p- paramount for success. Well, and, and if your wife will go to uh, breweries with you, that's that's even cool. My wife drinks more whiskey than I do. Yeah, well, there, there you <laughs> go. And I drink a lot yeah. of whiskey. Yeah, we. Uh, my wife and I went to... Um, True Anomaly uh, yep. a week or two ago and enjoyed the beers there. And and, and, and I have to say, by the way, if you go to True Anomaly, go on Tuesday because Taco Night is a thing to behold. So that brings us up to There's 10 now. You said Eighth Lindor. Wonder. Eighth Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. I know you guys have been Eighth Wonder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm going to write it down tonight on the way home while I, well, after my nap. And but I'm there- going to just... I've been to Walking Stick and a few other ones. But there's uh, no way you're too. close to 336. Oh, no. I yeah. bet I've been to 30 to 40. Yeah, and I'm a much casual beer guy than compared to you two. How That's many distilleries I, do you think you've been to? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I mean in distillery world, I'd say north of fifty. I haven't been That's to that lot. many distilleries. I'll, I'll be at uh, one this weekend. Yeah, where are you going? Yeah, we're going to Iron Root. We do something every year. Iron Root is awesome. Uh, distilling camp mm-hmm. where. Uh, there's no cost or anything other than getting yourself there through travel and, and your hotel stay. But uh, we do a distilling camp where we bring 20 to 30 people from the group. Uh, my wife's going, uh, you know, and we just go up there for three days. Friday night, we'll do dinner as a group. Saturday, we'll pick out a mash bill. We'll do a distillation run. We'll romp through their barrel warehouse tasting barrels and, and i like that romp yeah. through the barrel warehouse that, 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 that definitely brings like a, a visual right that and, sounds like fun and then we'll do pran- i'm gonna be prancing through that barrel warehouse <laughs> and then they uh they do a like a, a cook burgers and we do a bonfire and we play music and a few people with a guitar actually have a, a decent voice on them so does this happen the same weekend every year uh no no, no it changes uh but i'll let you know next time you guys would love it it's absolutely incredible it does sound fun um it's and a, iron root's awesome by the way and you're there all day Saturday, and then you come home on Sunday. And but that Saturday, 
is the most bonding you'll do with people you've met in the hobby that you'll it's incredible awesome um so yeah we uh iron roots incredible i can't wait to go back yeah, they they just have exceptionally good whiskey. They yeah, really do. Super nice people, they too. Really do. And nice people, yeah. All right, we got to take a break. Speaking of uh, spirits, it's time to get into some when we return. So, uh, Chris, maybe you'll choose what you want us to sample uh, first, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, our show number 280. We will be right back after this. This is going to be a short segment. Yeah. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 280. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're going to get to the best whiskey for beginners in just a little bit. But first, we're going to get to, and I, I actually can't see the front of the bottle, so I'm not sure what you poured is here. Uh, oh, it's the uh, Prideful, Goat. Prideful Goat. Straight rye whiskey, six years old. Talk to me about this. So this is uh, the first project I did with Gulf Coast. Um, this is my baby. Uh, and quite affectionately known as, as the, the baby goat. So we released a 15-year-old Kentucky bourbon last year. Uh, and then the follow-up to that is this six-year cash-strength rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it the baby goat because it's about half the age. Mm-hmm. And it's just an affordable-priced, very approachable, cash-strength, six-year-old whiskey that was blended by myself at our head distiller, Julian. Um, what's happening? Oh, you want to see it more? Ah, uh, there go. Julian <laughs> Geraldo, our head distiller. So... Um, yes, it's 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 a, just a, a six-year-old cast strength rye. Uh, MGP from Indiana is known for two notes: dill, uh, like a dill pickle note, which mm-hmm. is very controversial, mm-hmm. or bubblegum. And I get a I ton get, of bubblegum bubble on this. Gum on this yeah. yeah, this. Uh, and it's almost a little maple in the background too. Feel feel free to like you know debate this if you like, but my first take on this first sip, it really reminded me of whistle pig. So uh, uh, many moons ago, Whistlepig did source some of this distillate from MGP. Um, it is a rye whiskey, and it's close. Although I would say that uh, Whistlepig has a bit more. To me, Whistlepig's always had a distinct note uh, that, that's unmistakable. I could take a bit more mapley, maybe. I want to say a bit more grain, a bit more rye forward. Mm, okay. But they. This th- is pretty th- rye forward, though. To me, this is very sweet with some spice. Theirs is like. And I love Whistlepig. I'm not insulting it. I'm saying there's something distinct about Whistlepig that I've not been able to put my finger on. But if you were to blind me and put this in front of me and Whistlepig, I'd be able to tell the difference. And both are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This is really good. And This has a really warm aftertaste to uh, it. Oh, it, it does. And a, and a nice, a very gentle whiskey hug, which is awesome. You know? Um, what does this retail for in our conversations in, in about... Texas, uh, uh, about 65. 65. So in our conversations about, you know, the prices of spirits, this is still... At 65, 60, 65, that, that's still pretty affordable Very for something of this of this quality, yes. right? And honestly, it should be uh, significantly uh, more expensive because to be able to duplicate this now would, would mm-hmm. be through the roof. So on the topic of pricing then, is it maybe a good idea if you find a few things you like that are still reasonably priced oh, yeah. to stock up a little bit? Are you segueing into the – it's a perfect way to do that, the uh, – beginner stuff well no we're, we're gonna get to that in the next segment which is a little longer but but i'm wondering though if it if the next time you go back to put this together it's almost inevitably going to be higher priced because of what you will have to pay By a long shot, to yeah. get it well it would seem that if, if you can find this for 60 65 bucks right now you might want to get a couple of them 
because the next one's going to be more if, if you wait, right? You're right. Uh, we have about, uh, I want to say, 2,400 cases left. Um, and believe it or not, that is going to be gone probably by July or August. Wow. So this product, until we can find more liquid, is the last of it. Um, I'd be interested to hmm. see why you think this is. There's certain things that when they go up in price seem to really just piss people off more than others. I'll, so I'll give you an example. When gasoline starts costing more, Man. everybody in the United States freaks out, right? You start looking for who to blame. Is it this president? Is it that president? Is it Putin? You know, who, Whose fault is it that gas is, uh, is costing us more right now? Um, I never understood that. But I'm not that. hearing the outcry about spirit prices. Because um, I think it's it's happened so fast that it hasn't made it. The, keep in mind, any from from the concept of a product to it being available on the shelf is almost always a year. Mm -hmm. So if within the past year prices have skyrocketed, they haven't hit the market yet. Right, because those products are still on their way. Basically. They're still on their way, and they're gonna be something to be reckoned oh, with. Wow. Now there are some things out there. There are some four year old, five year old stuff that's seventy bucks, eighty bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that age is only going to continue to drop. So the age will drop and the price will increase, is what you're saying? That is correct. And if you had to guess, I realize I'm, we're asking you to speculate, but if you had to guess, when does that bubble burst and prices start coming it, back it, down? It has to be in the next two years, for yeah. the love of God. I say that, but I always thought, um, I, th in, I think it was 2018 or 19, Bitcoin spiked at $20,000 a coin and then fell. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. and, and then it spiked, I think, this year or last year at 60000 So mm -hmm. I, I'm i going to have to stop drinking. No. I mean, stop drinking whiskey. <laughs> uh, I'm still going to drink cognac and, and everything else. But but just as a consumer, I, I, I personally will not pay over $50 for something under five years. Right. And that's saying something because three years ago, that rule of thumb was for anything under ten years. Right, uh, right. We used to talk about fast how affordable. forward to five years when Chris comes in here and he goes, yeah. "So I just made this in my backyard." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are going to find a way to t to take rubbing alcohol and make it into whiskey again. I uh, love it. All right, so we'll talk about what spirits are more affordable uh, coming up. We'll also talk about whiskey for beginners. We have more things to sample, and of course, drinking news is on the way. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we, my friends, will be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 280. Our guest is whiskey expert Christopher Hart, and we want to take just a moment to recognize uh, Sister Andre, who uh, defied the odds in early uh, 2021 when she tested positive for COVID and survived. She's 116 years old. Wow. Yep, yep. She has survived two world wars and COVID-19. In her younger years, she worked as a teacher and a governess. She later spent nearly three decades working with orphans and elderly people at a hospital in central France before becoming a Catholic nun. Her secret, by the way, chocolate and wine. 
Oh, it would have been funny if you said uh, celibacy. <laughs> well, apparently that's part of the that's part of the game now. Apparently, but uh, but yeah, that's that's her secret: chocolate and wine. I wanted to hear cigars. Yeah, I did too. But uh, <laughs> uh, B- but one hundred and sixteen. Holy cow! B fifty two is who I was thinking of in Conroe. Oh, love B fifty two. I haven't been there. Yeah, but it's a great. Love their beers. They have so much uh, overhead of of the trees outside that outdoor smoking, even in the middle of summer. It's perfect. Oh, nice, because there's enough uh, wind blockage. And shade you can, yeah, and shade, all of it. Yeah. Oh, good. Ian, road trip. Road trip. You would love it. I'm down. You want to go out there with us? I would love to go out All right, so let's, let's, have a lot of free time. Let's, let's pick a date. <laughs> let's pick a we'll date. We'll make it a mandate. Yeah, uh, a mandate. <laughs> yeah, you can Doug go. Is, Doug is volunteering. <laughs> uh, sorry, Adam. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I tell you what, where Adam is headed, because he's moving to the D.C. region. We talked about and it. And where he's headed, there are a plethora of the great breweries. craft breweries in the uh, Maryland and Virginia area, especially in kind of the, the D.C. surrounding right, area. Right. There's just tons of them. Frederick, Maryland, which is you know maybe about 45 minutes out of D.C., Oh, several great craft breweries there. So go uh, go and check them out and report back. Do segments and send them. You know, you know, have have Brianna, you know, hold up the phone and and record your te- yeah. yeah, it'd be Adam's moment. Adam checking in from uh, from different craft breweries around DC. I love it. Um, so, guys, I think it's time to uh, to to do another beer. And Ian's got uh, Ian's got this one here. And I loved this because it was very sci-fi looking to me, and I'm uh, kind of a sci-fi geek. Uh, and so I, uh, I I picked it up. It actually kind of looked like it reminded me of Mass Effect, the video game, and uh, but it's called Mass X Acceleration, and here we are about to taste a double IPA, and this comes to us from Equilibrium Brewery in Middletown, New York. And I'll be honest, I picked it just because of the name and the uh, uh, the label. And What's sometimes that? you have to do that. Oh, that reminds me of another one, Sigma. No, no Sigma the, is now equal parts. Sigma yeah. is gone. You, see, you guys have been equal parts. parts. Yes. Have not been to equal parts. No. Does that count as two breweries? I've been to both. <laughs> and it's Why the same place. Why did change the name? Sigma was great. I don't know because we were about to have them on the show as Sigma, and they said, "You know what? We're about to go through a name change. Let's wait until after that." And we, we haven't everybody? quite been able to line did, them up just did yet. We get everybody. So, I think we're good. Yep, we're good. Ooh, so here we go. Good. Mass X acceleration. Oh, very, very citrusy on the nose. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm, I'm guessing some citra hops involved. Tons of, okay. Oh, it's got. I want to see if we do it at the same time. There's a distinctive fruit in this. You taste it? I haven't tasted it yet. Oh, my God. I was just passion talking about the fruit? Nose. Okay, go ahead and say it. No, not passion I was going to say it's got, it's got a dank on the nose mm-hmm. already just right off the bat. I wanted to see if we were all going to say the same fruit at the same time because it tastes very specifically like a certain type of fruit juice. Grapefruit juice? Grapefruit juice, yeah. yeah. It's incredibly grapefruity. Because I love grapefruit juice. I love grapefruit juice. In fact, one of my favorite things to do, I hate peeling grapefruit, so sometimes I'll... It's a very grapefruity finish. Sometimes I'll get up in the morning and see that my wife has peeled oh, a grapefruit for me. So then what I do is I take it and I break it apart, and I actually take the skin of the individual piece 
off the membrane, and I just eat the pulp with a little salt. And it's There's so a kiss good. of sweet maltiness in the middle of this. It's very yes, attractive. Yes, I, I know what you're there talking about. There was something psychotic about what you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. Absolutely. It just, it Absolutely. Just, we pull it apart and pull it I apart. It, take it, it sounds like it's screaming. Like if I was paying attention, peel, I should have actually. Peel away the membrane. <laughs> yeah. I should have actually underscored that whole thing. I just, something in a minor key, I would hope. Yes. Yeah. It's It's got a. Uh, uh, grapefruit's one of the most fascinating. I love grapefruit. Fruits actually. and beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very grapefruity. All nothing but grapefruit. Did you have some fava beans with your uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. grapefruit? Just asking. Grapefruit. <laughs> we had so we had um, we've had beers with grapefruit before, but they, as I remember, were a little sweeter than this. This does not have as much of that sweetness. It's it's, toned it's down. more like the tartness of a of the actual grapefruit, which a lot of people think grapefruit is sour. But really, isn't that sour if you're just getting to the pulp like I like to do with the uh, a little bit of salt? It's fabulous. <laughs> I absolutely adore fabulous. this man. <laughs> what for playing his little yeah. uh, grapefruit? Well, uh, just, there's some om- there's an ominous tone to your obsession with grapefruit, and he's and he's very much when, <laughs> underscoring it. When Ian's uh, when Ian's album comes out, this this track will be called "Ode to Grapefruit." <laughs> this is just, I like it. be you pontificating on I grapefruit. Like <laughs> Grapefruit's one uh, of the. Fl- I dig this. Cruz, fact, Cruz, I need you to come into the studio. Uh, here's some beer, and I need you to just talk about grapefruit for about 40 minutes. I'll edit it down. <laughs> not a problem. I can handle that. I, yeah, I I'm going to join it. you. I'm going to have a little this more. Will, this will not be the. Uh, <laughs> this will not be the first time. So good stuff. You Very good stuff. He's just in here naked with a bag of grapefruits. What's going on? In a beanbag chair. Sounds like a good time to me. Um, so uh, thanks. I'm going to try to poke out my mind's eye for the rest of the day. <laughs> It, you know what? It it happens. It this happens. is very good. I'm very happy. Yeah, with this. I, I like this quite a bit actually. It's no, uh, no mention of the grapefruit whatsoever on the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like you would have leaned in I, on that. You know, so I, I love the finish on this, but I love that malty sweetness right in the middle of this. That is so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it really that is. That is reminiscent of the best of big IPAs. Oh, speaking of IPAs, it's, it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like um, a very very baby version of the. Uh, 120 minute has a lot of that malty mm-hmm. middle to it. You're absolutely right. Very um, syrupy that one. Did you know that Lone, uh, Lone Star switched to, or not Lone Star, uh, Yellow Rose switched to cans? I was just about to say that. I didn't I, know that. I, I picked up that. a six pack this week, and I'm so excited, of Lone Pint Yellow Rose in 12 ounce cans. Stop. Stop, yeah. stop, 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 stop. Instead of the box? Wait a minute. You're the bottle guy. You like the bottles. Why are you so excited about cans? I love it, cans. It's a simple reason. Because the bottle of Lone uh, Pint Yellow Rose is a larger bottle. It's not quite 16 ounces, but it, but it's it's larger. So it is more than a glass when so, you pour it. But that's like that's like the prize. That's like the extra bit of milkshake that he's, you get. He's complaining about excess alcohol. I don't understand. That's like, that's well, like the extra know. bit no, of milkshake no, at the bottom of the too much of a good thing? Is that thing. what you're saying? Here's what you guys don't understand. You Her boobs are too big. Here's that. what you don't understand. <laughs> when, I opened, when I opened the bottle of Lone Pint Yellow Rose, and I pour it, and then there's a little bit left, so I stick it in the freezer while I uh, drink the first part. Then I pull it back out, I pour the rest. Frozen. No, it's not that. It's like now I have to open another one. Like it's like with the cans, you can have one glass. Oh, sir, you, you are like doing serving size. You are doing this backwards, sir. You open the bottle when the bottle slightly exceeds your vessel. Yeah. Then you pour the bottle into your vessel. Yeah. Right to the top where it's perfect, right. and then you 
drink the bottle, and then oh, move on to the Oh, that's that's how you do it. So actually, what I do is I, when I, I thought everybody knew I just, this. when I'm I open just a, a excited, he said the word vessel so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I say grapefruit, he says vessel. Receptacle. <laughs> I don't think we're Glass. getting any, we're not getting any better. Why are you better. going to more synod or more? What do you call them? So Syllables. I, so I will tell you what I do though. If if it's a, a 16 ounce can or a larger bottle, is I actually get two glasses out of the freezer because I like my beer really cold. Right. I get two glasses out of the freezer. I pour one. To where it's almost full, then I put that one in the freezer. Then I take what's left, pour it in, you know, it's maybe like a third to half of a glass. I drink that, and that gives the one I put in the freezer just time enough to start. You know how hard it is to shotgun a Yellow Rose IPA out uh, of a bottle? Uh, but, but, but Not what out with a straw. <laughs> no, but I was excited. That's why I like you. You're a solution. I was guy. excited. I, like, to, you're very much about the solution. You don't even I was think excited about the to problem. bring you're home like, a six pack of Lone Pint Yellow Rose. That I'm was excited fun. too. I saw it online. I can't wait to buy it. I've not purchased it yet. Mm-hmm. Man, when I was at the uh, brewery last, they had the Gentleman's Relish and mm-hmm. they had it on nitro and it was outrageously good. Um, Adam came over uh, with his wife uh, a little while back and brought that, brought that, brought that double IBA. What was that called? Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky, thanks. Ooh, that's a good what one. What a wonderful beer that is, too. That's B-52, right? No, no, no it's, that's, it's that's uh, Yellow Rose. Lone Pint, Lone Pint, brother. It's Imperial IPA. It's their Imperial IPA, yeah. Jabberwocky. Packs a punch, but it's got just the greatest flavor profile to it. Really. Well. But I'll. But I'm telling you, I love this. Let's see that can one more time. This is the uh, this is good. Mass X Acceleration, and it is from our... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really comfortable with this long string of IPAs that are really good that we've been having. I know. You've been like... See, I've been... Well, I think what it is is I've been choosing them I think wisely. we've only had one in the last like month that I just was like, no, nah, that sucks. Now, you know, I'll, I'll try to get something really big and hoppy for you next time. I actually never say that sucks. I just say it's not to my palate. <laughs> That's right. From the except, vessel that I'm... Except when we tried the Montucky Cold Snack. That Chris wanted God. us to try. You hated it, right? It's terrible. <laughs> we both did. <laughs> you still like it, though. I don't hate it. It's just shitty beer. Well, <laughs> who doesn't love a good shitty beer? Well, I love a good Lone Star. That was I would put that. In that I'll category. put a cold Lone Star. I on mean, it, but. for the sake of the female audience, I'm going to use the. I'm not going to use the analogy I was about to, but the the there's to me the light, thin, daily, sessionable yard. Cigars, beers—they're—they're—they fill a void, but they're—they're they're not like I like a yingling. I, I don't know yeah, that the, I can. Yingling's good. It's it okay. Flavor. Yingling's fine. I, I don't know that I can back this statement up, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that I might choose if you had a Montucky cold snack next to a Milwaukee's best. Ew. I might choose the Milwaukee's best. I don't know. Like it's still blind. I think I would choose a Miller Light over a Montucky. I cold would do snack. a Miller Light. I would yeah. do a Miller Light definitely over a Montucky. Maybe not cold a Bud snack. Light. But a Miller Lite for sure. Bud Lite's not good. No, it just no, no. really it is terrible. It just really uh, is really, good really beer. Bad. You go to the you go to the freaking baseball game and you you pay the fifteen bucks for a Bud Light. You have a good time with your family. No, you just got to go all the way around. It's right. like it's like yeah, uh, keep going right yeah. field. You got to go all the way around to the back corner of right field and you can buy good beer. Okay, yeah. you St. Arnold is back there. Can it's I? Like, level what three? Yep. Is, that, is that right? Level three. I think three? that's right. Yeah. I'm not going to shit on Carbock in general. I think that uh, the guy that owned the people that own Carbock, you build a business, you sold the business, you take care of your family. I, I am not. I get the, that. Yeah, I totally get it. However, there's some Carbock beers I'd much rather have a cold snack or a Miller Lite or a glass of warm piss 
then, <laughs> then, then. But you're not gonna shit on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like like uh, Hopadillo and Love Street. I'm just kind of Art Car. I'm sick of it. I'm sick well, of Art Car. Now hang on. Art Car is is Saint Arnold. I oh sorry. Oops. And 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 let me just say, and this is a good time for I me to bring this up. Sir. I I want to thank Saint Arnold for Art Car. It's not my favorite IPA. But thank God it exists because it seems to be the one beer here in Houston that makes it into the Everywhere. menu that is not a macro brew or a carbon. Well, we've said this before. Places like Buffalo Wild Wings that have, and, and I'm not joking, they have like 20 taps. Right. And they only have like two drinkable beers on right. there. Right. Sa- uh, it's amazing. Sam Adams, Sam Adams and, and a St. Arnold. Yeah, yeah. St. Arnold. Yeah. Oh, and sometimes Shiner. So you maybe right, get right. three. Right, 20 maybe. taps? Yeah. And you only have three beers that are worth <laughs> that's a crap? 17 shitty beers and three <laughs> decent ones. Like, but I just, I, I've never had three art cars in a row and been happy with my life. <laughs> well, like, I'd much rather, like, if you're going to be out in the heat or going okay, to do. So, so that what you need to try, let me suggest two St. Arnold's for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're Hazy IPA. Which one? What's it called? Uh, it, it, it's actually called Juicy IPA. Okay. I've had Juicy it. IPA. Yep. Wonderful. And they have a pale ale, I think it's a hazy pale ale called Harmony, that is absolutely fantastic. Now, that's just staying in the IPA and, and pale ale category. Sure. If you want to go, I was at a, um, a Torchy's Tacos this week. Mm-hmm. Speaking and of garbage places, they had I don't know the taco <laughs> I have is pretty good. Um, they had though uh, St. Arnold's uh, Summer Pills. Summer Pills is great. Summer Pills is tap. good. Tap. Summer Pills. Summer Pills is, is great. Let, let me tell you that beer on tap was fantastic. Summer Pills has to me. You remember the first time you ever tried a fat tire? And oh, you got that yeah. big first craft beer I ever loved. Yeah, malty, chocolatey, and you bready, get it yeah. real fresh because it would just be like the cake mm-hmm. would just be. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Summer Pills has that to me every single yeah, time. That's yeah. good stuff. Whereas Fat Tire now, I'll still order it's, it. It's falling off, but it's not always that kind of fresh. No. It just doesn't mm-hmm. like you can tell the difference. There was a day when I used to actually enjoy. Occasionally having a rolling rock. Have you tried one in the last few oh my years? God. Back when they're it was actually made terrible. in Latrobe, they were but fine. Terrible now. I used to drink them all the time at uh, yeah. Last Concert Cafe. That yeah. was my go-to beer up there. Rolling but then they rock. sold, and they now, kept the bottle the same. Or you? What's that? Do you think that your taste have evolved or? No, they changed. They changed it like big time. Changed it. Now it's like one of the cheapest, like most terrible things. And this is I know this because about five or six years ago, I bought the thirty pack. I was like, oh, rolling rock, cheap. I'll buy it. Can't be that bad. It, it was. Is. It was bad. It yeah. is. It, it yeah. took me uh, like six months to use it on my grill <laughs> for That's just flavoring yeah, stuff, just to get rid of that thirty pack. Yeah, 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 it was. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, all I mean is that whenever I want something cr- a crisp lager, mm-hmm. any and if we're doing anything, if you guys are, if we're going to outside, or we're gonna go smoke, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna sit down. I want three or four beers. Mm-hmm. I want something that's not gonna just not gonna I, like fill you up too much. I yeah. feel like Hopadillo and. And and some of the they're just they've gotten so kind of uh, almost acrid like just they they they're you can only have two and then I'm like I want something else. Let's call it an IPA. No, not if you know the IPA to drink, my friend. <laughs> or this one, I'd have six of these. That's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. So I saw you. Uh, I saw you laughing at the comments. Ian, anything to share? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki Brian just says I would abstain. Yeah. <laughs> that's He's just true. out. We're all talking about our lowest common denominator. I would drink this. I would drink that. Yeah. He's like I would just. <laughs> I would just abstain. And he uh, is literally that guy. He's he's funny like that. He's a very extreme character. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate his uh, his contribution to the program. <laughs> you have an upcoming birthday. What's that? Your birthday's coming. 
Uh, it's uh, Saturday. Oh, nice. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank uh, you. I'm yeah. going to be old. <laughs> What's it, old? Hey, it happens. 49. It happens. Are you really? <laughs> shut, your, shut the door. You kids. You're almost 50? Uh-huh. You might be old enough to be my dad. <laughs> and I've never met him. <laughs> you kids. That was awkward. That was really, really awkward. Uh, all right. According to bartenders who were polled uh, and asked what they would recommend as the best whiskey for beginners, I have a short list here. Okay. And most of them are not specific. And, and so what I mean by that is most of it is just a brand but not necessarily saying a specific, which a specific, specific right. yeah right okay. all right so here are the brands best whiskey for beginners according to bartenders four roses elijah craig buffalo trace larceny bourbon no questionable that's the Definitely only one questionable. so far you're good up to larceny yeah. larceny's right. garbage all right rittenhouse rye bottled in bond fantastic and now here of course they get very specific um Glenmorangie Nectar d'Or. So uh, the reason why they got specific is because Rittenhouse only has one product. Okay. So Four Roses has five or six. Right, That right, sort right. of thing. So uh, Nectar d'Or is a, a funny one. That's a Sauternes cast. Yes, and I believe it's pronounced Dor. Dor. Okay. Yeah, and I know that only because a Scotsman yelled at me for saying Dior. <laughs> he said, okay. this, this is not, I'm done. This is not Dior, not which Christian is Dior. Italian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Glenmorangie Nectar d'Or. Yep, $55 bottle, fantastic I would, deal. I would say uh, the Lasanta would probably be. Ooh, Lasanta or the Quinta Ruban? The Quinta Ruban Ruban is fantastic. fantastic. Mm. Uh, What about Weller? Oh, of course. 100%. 100%. McCollin 18? No, way overpriced. Uh, That's that's expensive, but it's good. It's an iconic pour. Mm -hmm. It's it's in the premium space. If if you were to go into any bar anywhere that had an expensive bottle on the shelf, most guaranteed, like 90% of the time, it's, they're going to have that. Okay. McCown 18 is a staple. So it's findable, is what you're saying. Correct. Almost everywhere. Uh, and then Suntory Toki is the last one. Okay. So here's the thing about Toki. Toki's actually not bad. Uh, tons of bananas. Uh, mm-hmm. Very reasonably priced at 30 bucks, give or take. Uh, perfect for cocktails. Uh, highballs. Um, it's not, however, it was meant for the bar. So it was developed, designed, meant to be mixed with cocktails. To be a mixing, so, a mixing drink, right? So, of course, you're going to find it bars all over the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't buy it for your home bar unless you plan to make use it cocktails. for cocktails. Yeah. Okay. What about drinkable and mixable, something like a monkey shoulder, I think? Same thing. Yeah, I, Same thing. Monkey shoulder is a blend of. Right, mm-hmm. but it's very drinkable on its own, too, I think. I remember that. He's not saying anything. Very, he doesn't agree. So, the very first <laughs> show you. we did, show number one. Yeah. You brought in the whiskey, and I you brought, brought Monkey one. Shoulder. And I remember really liking it. That's fine. Okay, I'll say this. I have not had, in my defense, I have not had Monkey Shoulder in probably five years because of that being my sentiment five years ago. I'm happy to revisit. I would love to. I'll bring in a, uh, a Montucky Cold Snack, and you bring in some, some Monkey Shoulder. You've already Montucky Cold Snacked us twice. <laughs> right, right. Once. That's that one day. No, twice. No, twice. Before? 
Twice, Twice, yeah. You had us try it one time when you were on a show, and then the next time when we did the hard pour thing, you gave us Montucky Cole Snack, and we were both like, wow, oh, what is this shit? I, I think I recall this. <laughs> that, boy, look at the, the trauma scars on we've this. Been, <laughs> we've been, I've been, and I've only malorted you once. I was going to say, I've been montucky <laughs> twice and malorted twice. And, uh, uh, malort is, you can only malort me once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, malort Ian, me once, shame on you. Malort me twice, I'm going to well, stab you in the neck. Well, i got to tell you, Ian took special Pride in malorting me the second time. He enjoyed it even more than the first. That was I'm so convinced. Funny. Oh my God! That's just, you know, and and you know, of course, we generally try to be somewhat diplomatic here on the show, so we're less likely to scream out, "This sucks!" Uh, but but that's what sells malort. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, you're absolutely right. I still don't. It's kind of like get... the whole Primus sucks thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. malort's a perfect example of how if you just suck long enough. You become iconic. <laughs> you know? At least they're consistent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just that's, suck long enough, you can have a successful that, brand. That's and a testament y- to consistency. And I think the Houston Texans are showing that that is, in fact, a doable thing. <laughs> I think it's a doable thing. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back. A little, uh, little bit more to taste on the program. And, of course, we still have drinking news to go. So uh, you stand by. We'll get there next. It's Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> I guess what I mean to say is... Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are on show number 280. Our special guest is our resident whiskey expert, uh, uh, Chris Hart. And I love, I love bringing lists out for him. Uh, about whiskey that, that someone's put together because it's always, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good, right. that's garbage. All right, all right, all right, I have to interrupt this. Hold yes. on. Do we what? have a. Um, what are you looking for there, buddy? I need a cup. Well, that's. I, I just that... tasted this at room temperature. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, birthday the cake. The birthday yeah. cake. And the I want to tell you that this is fantastic at room temperature. Really? I would have guessed I, I it. I think I actually to... like it better. I would have guessed it needed to be cold. You guys try it. Here, pass one to him. All right. Like it's fantastic at room temperature. I mean, the, the nose it's, I like on it, it better. It's, it smells even cakier than than before. No, the way the sour is delivered mm. is even better. The nose that on is it really is tremendous. Quite good, really quite good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I would just leave those at room temperature. I think. Wonderful. All right. Uh, speaking of room temperature, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, welcome to Drinking News, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, let me say a big thanks to my co-host, Ian, for finding this week's Drinking News story. So this is actually from my uh, uh, very new uh, brother-in-law, mm. Michael, who's actually watching the show, I think, somewhere. Oh, well, Michael, thank you for drawing this to our attention. He sent that to me, and I forwarded it to you. As you may know, Drinking News is sometimes, but not always, stories about drinking, but it is always a story that you will probably enjoy the most if you've been Drinking and by the way, you're right. This is really good at room temperature. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Like better, even I think. Mm. Wait, so you guys do news? Uh, 
not necessarily about drinking, but things you might enjoy while you're drinking. Right. Yes. Just new it, stories. That, sometimes they are about drinking. Sometimes they're not. But they're always stories that you will enjoy the most if you've been. It's in, drinking news, but not because it's about drinking, but it's because we are drinking while we tell this news. Exactly. So now would be the time for Cruz to find out what Hamber heard did to Johnny Depp's bed. <laughs> the first I, time I heard that story, I, I was drinking. Mm, and it was I, one of the funniest things I had ever heard. I haven't heard that story. Just shows to go you. Are you, are you being serious? I literally haven't heard that story. Oh, uh, her new nickname is Amber Turd. Because she's shit in his bed. You've what heard the, the, what you've the heard, hell kind of thought process? You've heard made, the expression. The, you've not heard this? You've heard the expression, shit the bed. Yeah. Now you know what it really means. And she blamed it on the dog, and he was like, our dog's not that big. Wait a second. <laughs> like, is this like a, I was sleeping and a, oops, or is this like a, I no, got is, up and did the whole I don't know the whole story, but I would go look while it up. bending over. Mm-hmm. He, she tried to blame it on the dog. Uh, and by the way, it's worth watching. There's some clips on YouTube. It's worth watching Johnny Depp on the stand. Oh, you heard it? He's hilarious. I've Happy watched a couple yeah. clips of that. Hilarious. Um, so, you know, I've watched you, a couple you would clips, often but I didn't hear the, the whole mornings, correct? Yeah. <laughs> sitting on the bed thing. That's, I... I like I'm flabbergasted by by the thought this process. Is, this is like, probably more over the top than drinking news. What's hilarious about that is in her mind she went, "You know what I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. Or what I have to do? It mm. sounds like an emergency situation. I, I need to was, get on top of this bed. I have a feeling it was premeditated. Yes. And make the squeezy face. Oh, it seemed spiteful. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because because why else would you do that? I mean. If you're in a bed, the bathroom is not that far away. Speaking of which, I made you something for your birthday this weekend. <laughs> it's at home. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's called Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, we've all been to a party where the punch has been spiked. And usually you can tell it right away, like when I went to a party back in high school and the host had spiked it with a bottle of Everclear. There's really... No way that you can take a drink of that stuff and not know that punch was spiked. I mean, that's that's a very distinct, uh, and quite frankly, the worst tasting raspberry punch I've ever had. I mean, Everclear is. I love it when people are like, no, you can't taste Everclear. It has no flavor. Yeah, right. You'll, you'll be able to tell uh, it's in there. But what if it wasn't the punch? What if instead it was the food? And what if it was spiked not with booze, but with pot? A Florida woman. Gotten married in February. And her wedding party, and I'm quoting BuzzFeed News here, devolved into full-blown weed-induced pandemonium. That's pretty good. You gotta love that, right? The bride and her caterer were arrested on Monday for allegedly serving cannabis-laced food to the unsuspecting guests. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So the bride and the caterer. So the husband was like, no, 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 it's all you. I, I always wonder that situation. Is he perceived as a bad guy for not, no, no, take me, take me, let, let her, leave her alone. <laughs> like, what's the situation there? Well, a 42-year-old, Danya Shea Svoboda, and the caterer, 31-year-old Is that Jocelyn how you her name, Montrese or Bryant. After you drink the, eat the food. This, we call this drinking <laughs> news a for a reason. Name. Svoboda. <laughs> Uh, they've been charged with tampering with food, delivery of marijuana, and culpable negligence. Police responded to the wedding in Longwood, Florida, after emergency responders were called to treat, and I'm quoting again here, numerous guests at the reception for symptoms consistent with that of someone who just used illegal drugs. 
according to the affidavit. Many I got the- this great baggie of weed. The guy called it, man, I'm going to need somebody to give me a ride home. <laughs> Many of the guests told police they felt high, and some reported feeling physically ill. Some were hospitalized for their symptoms and later tested positive for having consumed cannabis, according to police. Police took, and I love this, lasagna for testing <laughs> from the scene. And sure enough, it turned up positive. Uh, one guest told police, and this is what I like most about this story, is the descriptions of the guests. One guest told police that after he ate two meatballs, Caesar salad, tortellini, and bread with olive oil and herbs, that, quote, he felt tingly and his heart started to race and he was having crazy thoughts, end quote. Another guest who was hospitalized said she felt like she had no control of her mind and body, and she felt numb, helpless, and her mind was playing strange things in her head. That's an in-law. Such as seeing the side of a house. Dramatic. The woman felt paranoid, (laughs) believing that a family member had died, and became so loud and unruly at the hospital that she had to be given something to calm her down, according to court documents. Another who reported feeling weird, tingly, fidgety and had extreme dry mouth, told police he had asked the groom what was in the food. The groom stated, let me check what's going on, and then walked away and never returned. (laughs) Run away. That's fight or flight right there. Police questioned the (laughs) newlyweds at the scene about their role in the incident, asking if they had consented to or requested the addition of cannabis to the food. In response, the groom allegedly stared at the officer with a blank expression for a few moments before stuttering, no. The guest um, told police that she... Do you suppose this whole scheme was, I'm going to do this, cooked up by the bride? One has to wonder. (laughs) One guest reported becoming dizzy and vomiting after consuming the food. She initially believed it to have been from the alcohol, but she... That's what happens when you drink and then have a bunch of weed. Yeah, she'd only had two drinks and said she began feeling ill after eating. When her sister went to the kitchen to get her some water, a member of the kitchen staff, who was not the caterer, allegedly told her, well, there's cannabis in the food. And she thought that the guests had known. Another guest told police she'd seen Bryant, the arrested caterer, adding a, quote, green and fuzzy substance that smelled like marijuana into dishes of olive oil. She then asked if there was marijuana in the food, and the caterer said yes, according to the affidavit. The guest didn't believe Bryant was serious, so... Later, they consumed bread with the olive oil, and after realizing she felt high, she asked the bride if the food was laced. Uh, The bride said yes and acted like the guest should be excited, as if she'd been given a gift, according to the affidavit. The guest uh, said that the bride told her. That's like, oh my God, yes, I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. I had Uh, such high hopes that you would have liked it. mm, This is my favorite part. After speaking to the bride, the guest said she felt like her heart was going to stop, so she went to her car and went to sleep. She reported feeling terrified, according to court documents. So she sent a text to herself in case she died in her car so that someone would know what had happened. Have these people never been high? Well, that's the thing. Like, this is what you start to wonder about this, right? Another guest who went to the hospital said she felt severely drugged the next morning and told police she texted the bride to ask what she'd consumed. You uh, know supposedly. they left out, they left out, like, all the guests that were like, badass, man! Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <clears throat> 
The bride told the guests that she was facing felony charges and was really sorry, but she'd retained an attorney and couldn't talk about what happened. Uh, uh, Svoboda and Bryant, the bride and the caterer, have been released on bail and are expected to be arraigned on June the 7th. In an unrelated story, a different wedding last month in Tallahassee turned into a similar incident after the caterer spiked the punch there with a bottle of Mad Dog 2020. Uh, No arrests were made. Oh my God, could you not taste that terribleness? No arrests were made, but there was a great deal more vomiting. So just just so you uh, just so you know. So next time you're getting married or throwing a party and you want to spike the punch or put weed in the Nutella mini pancake kebabs, consider your audience. The people at this Florida wedding were clearly not experienced with pot or even pot brownies, as evidenced by all this paranoia and fear they, of dying. They left out the quote at the end where Uncle Carl was looking for more of the lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd venture to guess that that's not what you want at your wedding or uh, what you want your wedding or any party to be remembered for, right? Well, I mean, if I, w- if I were them, and this is a tip for anyone listening, if you want to do this in the future, you can test for weed, mm-hmm. which means you're automatically guilty. So obviously, use mushrooms. <laughs> Interestingly, you can't, you can't test for mushrooms, and they're more fun. Interestingly, uh, Taco Bell drive-throughs in Longwood, Florida, reported record sales and long lines uh, that seemed to coincide with the wedding guests leaving the Savota wedding and headed home. But I'm sure that was just a coincidence. Right. Uh, reporting fl- uh, from Florida, where the wedding guests were actually higher than the musicians in the band at the reception. <laughs> My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I've been sipping on this during drinking Oh, you already news. tasted it. Yes, and I'm finding it to be quite pleasant. What am I drinking? All right, so let's talk about this. I've got a buddy named Gene Nassif. He owns a distillery called Cat's Eye Distillery, and I believe in Iowa or Idaho. I don't know the difference, but if we're being honest, it doesn't matter. They're the same place. <laughs> <laughs> they are a little ways apart, but I agree with you. But yeah, but still, yeah, generic, yeah, yeah. Uh, generic, yeah, yeah. generic U.S. state. That means here. nothing, right? That's that. So, what do they call it? A flyover state? Gene likes to do uh, uh, extreme fun experiments. Mm-hmm. This, uh, and, and I don't know if you knew this, this but spicy. <clears throat> yes. Uh, COVID uh, is killed once alcohol reaches 60% alcohol. In fact, most, uh, you know. No wonder I never caught it. Yeah. Just kept drinking high-proof alcohol. You just got to keep your blood level. Yeah. Uh, Most, uh, yeah, most bacteria is killed, uh, you know, in the 50 to 60 range. But if you really just want to play it safe, the 60% ABV is what plays it safe to kill COVID. Well, forget about horse, you know, dewormer. This is way better. So anybody that sneezes around me, I just take a swig of my uh, (laughs) This is 75.5%. It's huge. Holy, the Magi. This is 151 proof. Wow. It's Canadian whiskey that's 26 years old. Um, I, I love everything Gene does. Uh, I'm not super big on the label design, but I can help him with that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, show that to the camera. Seventy-five point five percent alcohol, twenty-six-year-old Canadian whiskey. It's fantastic. It really is. Agreed. It is. It is uh, definitely. It definitely falls into the overproofed category, but it's fantastic. Every, everything from nose to gut has been sanitized. This is, uh, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a good way to go about it. And and the whiskey hug is like, oh, that's not a whiskey hug. Yeah, that is a whiskey strangle. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a, and Kevin Spacey yeah. gave it to me. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a, uh, a buddy of mine. 
from Philadelphia that owned a chain of Irish pubs in the Philadelphia area who told me years ago, we were drinking at his bar, and he told me the story that uh, he had been a, in a bar in New York and wound up sitting on the stool next to Kevin Spacey and that Kevin Spacey came on to him. This was years before nice. any of the current like allegations and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're Wait. so full of it. You you think you, you know, you not only think every woman wants you, you think every gay man wants you, you know. And besides, it's Kevin Spacey. What are you talking about? Just These days I'm starting suspects? to believe. Yeah, uh, no, after Usual Suspects, before House of Cards. He was Kevin Spacey. He was yeah. he was he was famous. Right. After uh, yeah, yeah, my buddy said he almost thought about it. But uh, <laughs> I mean for the story alone, <laughs> exactly. I'm, not, I'm not even gay, but that'd be one hell of a story. <laughs> but I, at the time I thought my buddy was full of it. I was like, "Oh, come on. This is just another one of your drunk stories." Uh, and he had a few good drunk stories, but uh, those were some fun nights hanging out with him in Philly. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was a, that was a sidebar. I'm not even sure why we went there, uh, but uh, but it's this the is the, this is good. It's, it's because of drinking news. Yeah, 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 I think it probably. Well, this is this, and so is this commercially available? Not in Texas. Um, it is. Uh, I think he did a short run of it. I don't even think anyone's going to be able to get it. To be honest, um, this is. It's a one-off, but it's so fun. The high age statement, fun. and honestly, Canadian whiskey for years has been kind of a uh, low-quality produced, kind of a second-class whiskey, high yeah. watered down, mm-hmm. just for the sake of getting drunk. Because your dad drank Seagrams and Seven for forty mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and can hit, what's happened is there's so much excess Canadian whiskey lying around. A lot of it is actually quite fantastic if you don't mess with it. Right. Don't water it down eighty proof. Don't screw with it. Throw it in the next bourbon barrel. Play around with it. Blend it. And so the last couple of years, you've seen a, a surge in high-proof Canadian offerings that are actually brilliant. How many years did it take you to get to the understanding level that you're at now with with uh, with whiskey, with barrel aging, with some of the things that you talk about? Because it, it strikes me as so interesting. Like, you didn't come out of a distilling background. Um, this is just something you picked up and learned along the way, right? Uh, yes. I mean, it's, I would say, I would liken it to this. And when I was in high school, I played, uh, bass, Battle mm-hmm. of the Bands. Our name, the name of our band was Blank Canvas. Nice. We were, we were awful. That's, well, hey, <laughs> man, we as, all had an awful high school band. As Come much on. as I love music, I'm not Ian. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's certain things that strike a chord with certain people a certain way that you just, you obsess about it. And right. I, I think uh, cigars, mm-hmm. radio. I mean, I've had some conversations with you about music that I'm like, man, I thought I liked music. And then I, I'm afraid at times. I think I told you once I'm a big fan of Coheed and Cambry, and you're like, all right. Like, no, no, I was I there wasn't it is. down I, I on Coheed and Cambry. <laughs> you heard it in his voice. He's like, oh, no, I, was, I wasn't down on him. No, I just, I, I, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, everyone in this room. All right, hold on, hold on. Coheed and Cambry, what's the singer's name? So. Uh, I the guy with the it. super high voice, yeah. Sylvester, or whatever his name uh, is. I, I always remember. forget it. Can't think of it. There's a have you have either of you ever watched the Two Minutes to Late Night show? No. <clears throat> there's a uh, there's a show called Two Minutes to Late Night. It's just it's it's ridiculous and funny, and you should totally watch it. But they always have guest bands on. Mm-hmm. But th- through COVID, what they've been doing is they'll pick a song, and then they'll have people from different bands Claudio. record their parts. Mm. Claudia, yeah, yeah. Um, They'll have people from different bands record their parts, and there's a version of uh, Anthem 
from Rush mm-hmm. that's got Les Claypool on bass and that guy singing and uh, and a bunch of other people you well, know. Well, he's got well. a Geddy from- Lee-ish voice, so. Oh, man. It is ripping and absolutely awesome. Totally watched there, that. There's a couple of songs of theirs that I could literally listen on repeat for three weeks straight and not ever change the song. All right. So I'll jump in then with my current obsession, which is a band from the Dallas area called Blacktop Mojo. Good, old-fashioned, down-and-dirty rock and roll. Nice. I think it's something you would like, Ian. Do you, do you dig country at all? Do you know who Brian yeah. Bingham is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Ryan Bingham. Ryan Bingham is going to be in the spinoff to uh, yep. uh, Yellowstone. The Four Sixes Ranch or whatever it is. Yeah, did you have Ryan on your show? Is that what he asked? Not yet. Uh, he came by the distillery, and he wants to do a whiskey, uh, and he wants me to be a part of that process, uh, a Texas straight bourbon whiskey. The guy's nice. in Texas. He's from Texas. Yeah, he's Austin boy. Uh, he, he's been around a long time. In fact, he went to high school here in Houston for a little bit. Um, and he's incredible. I love the guy, and I'm not a big so, country guy. So he had his song, uh, The Weary Kind, was the centerpiece of the movie Crazy Heart with yep. probably— you won a Grammy for it, right? Probably, yeah, I think he did. Probably my favorite actor, Jeff Bridges. I, I love Jeff he's Bridges. Incredible. He's great in the movie. Uh, he's got Ryan's his own song um, is great in the movie. He's got his own signature guitar from Breedlove. Who, uh, Jeff Bridges. Nice. That's you know really Jeff cool. Bridges, that movie um, with the rug? Um, uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah. The, <laughs> the movie a, with the rug? I've never heard it described yeah, that way. Okay. It really it's did a, tie the room yeah. together. Yeah. He, God, I love you so much. Uh, you're the best dad. Um, so, no, he, he, uh, he actually does uh, love white Russians. And, Jeff Bridges actually does. Yes. Yeah. And when we approached his publicist about doing the show... I was like, I'd love to have a whiskey with him. And she goes, he's more of a white Russian guy. Uh, the, the way that I worded the email didn't quite win her over. Right. And she added like a little cherry on top of the insult, a little salt in the wound, and was like, plus, he's more of a white Russian guy. So because of that one engagement, now anytime we approach a celebrity, we always open it to no specific spirit. You're right, whatever they want to drink. We right? always just say over a few drinks. That's smart. That's smart. Jeff well, Bridges, great white whale. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. He's, <laughs> he's fantastic. He, he is just a man. He is just a man. And Big Lebowski is one of those movies that it is impossible to see that movie too many times. It is as rewatchable as any movie ever made. I, I think opinion. it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly I, fine. I, sorry, that came out the wrong uh, way. Uh, I, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What I mean is I, I don't think of it as amazing. It has amazing moments, mm-hmm. but I'm never tired of it. Must right. be exhausting to believe times. in nothing. <laughs> I mean, John Goodman in that movie? Can you, can you get any better than that? John John Goodman in, uh, 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 I always forget his name. Uh, you don't don't mess with the Jesus. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, um, uh, I'll think Bart of it in a second. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, um, John Turturro. John, John Turturro, yes. thank you. John Turturro. Amazing. There's a great show He's out so right good. now with him called Severance. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard it's really John good. John Turturro, John he, Goodman. I will watch anything he's in. And I'm getting to that point with John Goodman, too, because yeah. he's just he's just so good. Oh, brother, where art thou? Incredible. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Incredible. I'm a, so, you know, we're talking Coen Brothers movies, but, like, that's that's the string that ties all that together. And if you haven't watched The Damn. Righteous Gemstones oh, on it's HBO, yeah, yeah I grew up Pentecostal, 
So, this so the, the the glamorous preacher thing. Yeah, I'm very familiar with. Familiar with that, My wife know. and I love Damn, the right. We had a tight spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was good stuff. Uh, speaking of good stuff, uh, let's try one more spirit here uh, that you brought, Chris. This All is. Right. Uh, uh, and, and so the last thing I brought was I'm very excited because I've had this before. Ian, you have not had this, and so I'm I'm super psyched for you to uh, to taste this. The last thing I brought was our 30 year old cognac. So going back to pricing, <clears throat> uh, we actually let's do this. We got to get everybody a drink. Um, and thank you for bringing spirits. A by the way, of, your water? of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take take some water. I just need to. Um, Swish my mouth out a little bit. Going back to pricing, we purchased this liquid a slightly uh, first quarter of last year. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Within two months, the price had gone up 40%. That's amazing. So this really is, truly. And what does this bottle actually retail for? Around 150 in Texas. Right. So yeah. so if you were to bottle this again, it would be at least 200 right? I mean, we, we cut out uh, the importation. We did it ourselves. And we cut out... Uh, we bottled it here so that it saved uh, on taxes. Uh, so what happens is, is America only wants us to drink American products. That's what keeps the economy going. Oh so so, right, so if you bottle they, it here, it's technically an American product, right? Correct. Yeah. So they add tariffs to um, you know ex- other cognac that's imported. So this is actually cheaper, m- least less expensive than the producer's own product that's sold here in the U.S. because wow. they get taxed the hell out of them. So wow. this is thirty-year-old, hundred percent uni blanc, fifty-two point nine percent cash strength, unadulterated. There's just twelve hundred bottles. You can only get this. I'm sorry. The 1,200 bottles is the 21-year. This is available in uh, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, California, Colorado, and Kentucky. And is there much of it out there? Is it hard to find? We did a total blend of 3,880 bottles. Mm. This feels like I I burnt my tongue a little bit with overripe grapes and chocolate, and it's fantastic. Chocolate and overripe grapes is one of the best descriptions I've heard from this. This is fantastic. It's just wonderful. It's It's wonderful. It's it's wonderful in this really uh, ultra premium spirit way. It it really communicates that. I said the, the retro hail on this is is divine. Uh, I said at the beginning of the show I put this in the category with Reserva de la Familia tequila and the twenty uh, five year Florida Cana rum. It's it's that kind of rarefied and special. And quite frankly, I'm I'm a little surprised you can get it for one hundred fifty. It's uh, yeah. You will not find a thirty-year-old cast-strength cognac anywhere close to this. It's all going to be two fifty or more. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about half what it should be in terms mm-hmm. of price. Um, a big part of that is us importing it. No sales reps. No, you know, which just your overhead I'm is doing, lower. It's yeah. me. It's just me, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to meet so, you. So, when you uh, do a spirit like this, what? What makes you decide whether to put it under the Gregarious Grump uh, label or to do something different like you did with the Prideful Goat? So Prideful Goat is whiskey. Right. The current dream and, and from the beginning with Prideful Goat is whiskey. I've never wanted to do whiskey under the Gregarious Grump name. So you've done rum. You've done cognac. Correct. Armagnac? I've, if we did, we, we've got some Armagnac samples. We've not yet selected mm-hmm. that yet. Uh, but the... Um, Are we going to have an Armagnacathon at some point? I just love that name. I texted you that. And you never texted me anything. Cognacathon yeah. and Armagnacathon. Cognacathon. Yeah, you can do it all. Armagnacathon. As long as, um, as, long as we're not going to have an Armagnacapalooza, <laughs> that, that, that to me would be taking things too far. Yeah. 
Well, uh, <clears throat> currently this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a really good deal. And, and so Gregarious will always be your, your high end rums, your Cognacs, your Armagnacs, Calvados, Grappa, Satol, Mezcal. I will never put whiskey mm -hmm. under the Gregarious Grump name. Okay. And, and will your whiskey always go into Prideful Goat or? Uh... I mean, and I, I, yes, I, that is my current feeling and belief. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and Gregarious Grump, where did, where did the name come from? Because that can't be an accident. No, it's not an accident. So uh, I, ho I admin the Houston Bourbon Society, about 13,000 people. And at times, you've got – I'm a very gregarious person. I'm, I love to drink. I love to hang out. I love to have a good time. I love to bond. I love to talk. But at around 8 to 11 p.m., the Facebook world can sometimes need to be, you know, uh, someone will post a meme. Like one, one year we had some guy post a meme at a Trump rally. I mean, no politics. No politics in the group, guys. Like, this is a safe zone for, and I hate using that term, but just. But, but you want to just be spirits. about spirits. It's about not spirits. About other not things. about everything right. else. Yeah, so, right. And sometimes people are overly opinionated. You know, if, if you were to post a bottle and just say, hey, guys, I found this on the shelf. I love it. And someone's like, that sucks. Nope. So we've got to slot the hands at times of those who uh, maybe don't know how to filter their behavior online after mm -hmm. a certain time. Mm -hmm. So my sister-in-law said, you have to be the grumpiest, most gregarious person I know. And I said, that would be a cool rap name or a great bottle name. <laughs> so gregarious grump spirits were born. Um, it, yeah, and I'm not grumpy by any means. I, I, I just, you know, sometimes you've got to tell everyone to play nice. Uh, but yeah, so we we started that, and the great thing about it is two things: alliteration. Mm -hmm. Alliteration is great for branding. Two, if you Google it, only one thing will come up. That is yeah. true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because it's not something with somebody else. Not something that stake to claim. To, BJ's will never be suing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's still an unfortunate name. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that this is absolutely fantastic. Would you agree? And I mean, is this just this is something very special? Yeah. Actually. This is very nice. Yeah. I just, I still, I'm still you like, you know, it, it's funny because I'm sitting here sipping it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just enjoying the aftertaste of mm -hmm. it, which is amazing. Oh yeah, it's very floral. Uh, all of that, just aromatic, grapey, grape skin. I mean, it's just, it's the vine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the vine happens in the aftertaste. It's really, really pretty amazing. So, what's next for Gregarious Grump? More rums? Uh, you mentioned Armagnac, perhaps. We'll probably not have more rum for a while. Uh, we're still working through rolling out into new states. Mm -hmm. So right now, we're trying to get into Oklahoma, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, New York, and New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will not be doing... Uh, I need to get those states established first, and then we'll be doing something else. But I'm thinking Armagnac. I'm thinking Calvados. I'm thinking... I'd love to do a little small batch to toll. Um, that would be fun. And part of me, with, with with the delicate nature of of someone like me doing a satoll, I like the idea of paying the producer twice the amount of money and still being cheaper on the shelf, like honoring their craft without being, you know, without being greedy about manipulative it. Manipulative mm -hmm. and greedy, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. That's a very good idea. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back for our final segment. Uh, we still have one beer to taste, and this is the chocolate-covered strawberries from Hubbard's Cave. It's an imperial stout, and uh, that's good because I think we needed a big beer at this point. I'm 
being facetious, but I still welcome it. We Smoking need something that'll keep up with the last couple of or the last couple of spirits. It's smoking and toasting. All right, Ian's grinning as he looks at the beer. What is it? <laughs> no, I, was, I was actually going to say, I know what you're thinking. That guitar tone is amazing. Yeah, it, you know, a little flat, but amazing. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. This is show number 280. So we've joked about being halfway to 300, but we have we have two special things that we want to do uh, coming up. And one will be the 300th episode. So we're, it's going to be sometime in September. We're That's putting insane. plans together for that now. Uh, but even before. Before then, we're talking about, we've been invited by your friend, uh, Chris, Alan Denny, to come and do a show at his house. We thought about doing the 300th episode there, uh, but we thought for some of the people who might be coming into Houston from uh, other points that we'll be invited to the show, because we'll invite everybody who's ever been on the show to be there. Right, and and so for some of the people who might be coming in from other points, we didn't want to add, uh, you know, more of a drive for them after they they got into town. So uh, we'll probably do the 300th show in Houston. But before then, we want to do a show at uh, Allen's because he's invited us, and uh, we thought it'd be a fun place to smoke and and uh, bring some bottles and do a fun show. So well, I think that's a great idea. But I just want to just for the point of clarity, mm-hmm. you use the term "my friend Allen." Yes, and that is not. Factual, um, Alan is an acquaintance. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you're you're making a distinction here. Uh, I'm at, just kidding. I love important, the guy. Yeah, he's line in the sand. Line yeah, in no. the sand has been drawn. We've yeah. been we have been hardcore friends for almost a decade now, and yeah. could, he couldn't be easier to to be to be friends with, to work with. Uh, big fan of Alan. I don't think we've even ever once had a disagreement, except about who had been on this show most times. I mean, you can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but that's we there's no really, disagreement yeah, about there's it. There's no disagreement <laughs> okay, gotcha. about it. Uh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Ian, uh, let's take a look at this final beer that we're going to try here. This is from Hubbard's Cave. Uh, we've had some beers from Hubbard's Cave before. They've always been very interesting and very creative. But this one I had not seen before I bought this can. This is all about chocolate covered strawberries, or so the can says. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Mm. Running out of room here. Let's see. That cognac, by the way. Chris. The cognac is literally well, that's almost life changing. So there's not much left. You guys can keep the bottle. Oh no, no, I wouldn't try to talk you into no, that. No, 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 it's okay. I mean, like, I, I want you guys to drink it. Show it's this fantastic. again to the camera. Am I holding it far enough over, Doug? We're currently right, right. distributed through Favorite Brands oh, here in Texas. The other, there you go. So you guys, uh, you know, if you've got a liquor store that uh, that that you know you want to find it at, you can ask Favorite Brands. Have the store bring mm-hmm. it in. It's it's fantastic. And you've got enough of this one, right? This is you've got a, a decent there's, quantity. There's of probably it? about 600 bottles of it in Texas. Ah, oh, that's not bad. That is not bad. All right, we're passing along some very darkly colored beer here. This is uh, from Hubbard's Cave. It's an imperial stout, correct, uh, Ian? Yes. Imperial stout. It smells the and chocolate. And it's made and with... Oh, yeah. You can smell it. It smells like... What, what does it say underneath on the label? Because I, I didn't Imperial write stout with chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla beans. It smells oh, like boy. Neapolitan ice cream. It, it does. It smells amazing. It really does. And it really does smell like chocolate-covered strawberries, too. That that sort of candy my mouth smell. Here. That is strawberry ice cream for sure. Mm. I, I, could eat, I could drink about half of one. 
Wow. But that's got to be, what's the ABV on that? 12? 12. Yeah. yeah. You can wow. taste it. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that man, ex- I would drink that's that this floating down the river. <laughs> the guys at Hubbard's Cave are really known for these uh, stouts and porters. This has such an amazingly huge mouthfeel. Like, mm-hmm. It's absolutely crazy. It doesn't even, well, it does kind of look sludgy, but um, like thick, but... When it hits your mouth, it, it just it's huge. Yeah, it, it's absolutely huge enormous. with flavor and huge with viscosity yeah. too. What, what's the um, uh, there was like a doc a mockumentary style band documentary like in the eighties or nineties? I think Spinal Tap. Yeah, wasn't there a scene where he like turned the 11. the yeah? These knobs go to eleven. The, <laughs> uh, the this in particular, everything about it's loud. The, yeah. the strawberry is so front. Forward. Wait, 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 hold on, slow down, slow down, slow down. Isn't that what they said about what's the new uh, what's what's the new uh, 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 seltzer or whatever Bud Light seltzer? That's oh, how they yeah, describe yeah, it. It's loud. It, it's loud. Like yeah, it's they Bud can't Light seltzer they can't legally say it's good, but it is loud. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. No, well, this is good, but all of the qualities to this are are turned are up to eleven. Up, yeah, yeah. Well, this is unapologetically ridiculous. The nose, the the, the barrel the, influence. The best scene in that entire movie. Is that scene when Rob Reiner asks him, you know, when he explains that the that the uh, volume goes up to eleven on the guitar, and Rob Reiner asks him, "Well, why don't you just have it go to ten and have ten, 10 be the, the loudest?" And, and Christopher gets the look that he gets, just looks at him, and there's this long pause, and then he just says, "These go to 11. <laughs> <laughs> As if any dummy should be able to figure that out, right? Yeah, uh, that's the one scene I remember about that film. Uh, it, that's a that's a great movie, by the way, and that's worth really, rewatching. By the way, all of all of those mockumentaries. What's, what's are. the problem? She's smelling the glove. <laughs> <laughs> if, and by the way, if you haven't seen Best in Show. It's just as good. It's just not about rock and roll. It's about dog shows. Uh, but it's <laughs> wonderful. That movie is absolutely fantastic. Uh, but anyway, we're um, we're we're wandering into uh, uh, uncharted territories here, talking about <laughs> talking about uh, Jeff Bridges movies and Christopher Guest movies. But uh, that, that's fun stuff, and uh, it's always fun when you come on, Chris. We love having you on as a host, and not just because you bring good booze. Uh, uh, you're you're just fun to hang out with too. The flavor of this is so ridiculous. Uh, it, it's really good. I love it. Uh, it's not something I would drink a lot of. Right, half but, half but, a can. But boy, open one of these and share it with friends. You got something to talk about at the oh, party. Oh yeah, see this sure. this can would be dangerous in my hands. I would mm-hmm. I would knock this out and be you, like, you would drink this floating down the river. You said yes, yeah. yes. I would have no problems with that. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, the compliment. Uh, listen, I, I love coming here. I wish it happened more often. And it really, that has to just do with everything that's been going on. And and I really thought I just saw you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels that how much th- I mean that amount of time has gone by. We've been friends for twenty sixteen. Yeah. 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 Twenty sixteen. Yeah. And and uh, I mean same thing. Very easy to get along with. We have great cigars together. Mm-hmm. I, I still think about the time we had cigars at Boss Cat together. That was fun. Uh, it was a good night. It so, was a good night. You guys are fantastic. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Uh, his show is uh, called Whiskey Neat. Uh, tell people where they can find it. Yep. So Whiskey Neat airs on 97.5 here in Houston on ESPN Radio. Uh, you can listen to it also on all your podcasting platforms. The, we put the video portion up on YouTube. Uh, in fact, uh, I know that the podcast version, or podcast episode with Colin Hanks dropped today. Uh, the video portion on YouTube will drop tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can watch me talk to celebrities and fun, comics fun, and friends. Fun stuff, and, yeah. Yeah, just have a few drinks and 
Talk some shit. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We love it. Uh, Whiskey Social. Where should people go It'll to find out more? It'll be the same month. It's now permanently the first weekend in November. Okay. Uh, November 5th. Tickets will go on sale in May, so we'll have an email blast going out to all of the, the uh, I hate to use the word fans, but the people who follow the, the event. Um, we will blast out the ticket sales at the beginning of May. Tickets go on sale at the end of May, and then November 5th. And finally, uh, the Houston Bourbon Society. Find yes. you on Facebook. Great Facebook group, Houston Bourbon Society. Uh, come come with thick skin, and I will continue to be the grumpy guy <laughs> to, to put people in line to be nice. But um, The gregarious grump. The gregarious grump. Look for this stuff. It is worth it. It is wonderful. This cognac, a 30-year cognac, is, uh, is to be added to your special bottles. Yes. Absolutely. Chris, thank you again for being here. Ian, always good to see you, my friends. Uh, Doug is on the wheels of steel with Adam looking over his shoulder, uh, but not for very much longer. So... Uh, Have a great week, my friends. We are thrilled to be bringing you episode number 280. Cheers. Cheers, y'all.